Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. It's the 29th of November, 2016. Christmas is in the air. It's the holiday season, everybody. That was in the air, is that? Mm. That and excessive carbon emissions, yes. One of the two. I love Christmas. <laughs> Christmas gets a bad rap, but I, I love Christmas. Does it get a bad rap? Christmas gets a bad rap from who? From, I don't know. Well, I know a lot of people I know kind of have this whole, oh, it's all about commercialism and capitalism. And I'm and? Like, really, I, I really don't that's really the whole point of a problem with that. So, sounds pretty good. I mean, that sounds, <laughs> still sounds like a f- lot of fun. Mm. Mm. See the appeal of that? Uh, extra time at home with family. It's all good with me. Absolutely. You can spend it doing a wonderfully commercial thing like subscribing to crunchyroll.com slash biscuit, which is our sponsor for today's show. You could do that if you wish to enjoy unlimited anime on almost any device at 1080p. You can enjoy the wonders of whatever the hell Dodge has been watching, which is probably terrible. So why don't you tell us? Um, there's an anime called Drifters right now. It's by the same people who made Helsing. And oh, okay. There's, there's an endorsement. Yeah, it's it's been pretty great. It's about people from um, all different points in history being pulled into a fantasy world and mm. getting caught up in a great war. What the shit? Yeah, that sounds weird, but pretty cool. It's, it's been fun. It's been interesting. Yeah. I believe you've been watching something very, very serious on the sports front. Possibly two very serious things on the sports front. Uh, some Keijo? Is that is that what you wanted to talk about? I, I, I may, I mean, I was I was sort of laying it out for you because I don't want to touch it with a 10-foot barge pole, but uh, you will. You don't, you don't want to talk about a very serious sport in which women bash their butts and boobs together? I, I do. I'll do it. There you <laughs> go. I would love to talk about that. By like, all means. Boobs and butts bashing. Yes. Go on. I, I just... <laughs> Look, just because he said he would like to talk about it doesn't mean yeah, he actually I'm not can. That I know anything about it, but I'm just—I just want to point out that the minute I mentioned boob and butt bashing, there was a resounding applause in this room. Uh, <laughs> people are just thrilled about that show. That's because uh, she's my people. Show, she gets show, it. show the who is responsible for this. Oh, that nerd over there, laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's your girl. fault. You did this. Sounds like the kind of show that I call Laura base. Ah, yes. I believe that there is a extreme likelihood of that. Oh yeah. It's it's very booty centric. Mm-hmm. But there's there's another sports anime that's all about rugby. I've never seen a rugby sports anime before. We're uh, running out of ideas at this point. It's called <laughs> All Out and it's great. There's so many muscles if you want to see a show with a lot of muscles. Is it another like show. Even all out on the field is that the joke? Like all Yeah. Out. Yeah, so there was a point in a recent episode where one of them was like if you can't go all out, then get off the team. And I was like, that's ah, the title of the fucking show. Ah, roll credits. Yeah, it was great. The one that I'm still watching at the moment, which also has quite a lot of muscles in it, is the the remake of Tiger Mask, uh, Tiger Mask Tiger W. Mask show. Yeah, has that continued to be good? I watched yeah. the first episode and it didn't, it didn't grab silly. me. Yeah, you need to watch a couple, certainly, to get into it. It's very silly. Obviously, knowing a decent amount about wrestling helps. Uh, the fact that there is literally a direct tie-in to the real storylines that have happened because tiger mask became a real wrestler right when the first one came out i think in the 60s or the 70s so it's kind of gone back and forth and now it's gone full circle where the anime is now portraying events that are happening in the real new japan pro wrestling as well and they're featuring a real wrestler by the name of okada who's like their very popular guy right now 
and it is quite representative outside of the bizarre, like, there is a global wrestling monopoly, as they call it, the GWM, who's the bad guys trying to take over New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, there's, like, an evil tiger and a good tiger, yes, right? Yes, evil tiger and a good tiger, yes, Tiger the Dark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tiger the, the Dark. There was, a, there was a very funny little image that somebody made... Uh, uh, about um, you know nicknames in groups. When you're with a group of your friends, you're the one with the weird name. It's like George, Tiger the Dark, <laughs> out of there. But yeah, it's, it, that's kind of part of the story. Like there's an evil tiger and a good tiger, but the evil tiger's not really the evil tiger. He's he's just he's kind of infiltrated the global he's wrestling. Tiger. Yeah, he's kind of he's infiltrated that organization as, as well. Yeah, something like that. There's quite a few tigers in that, and it, it it's just it is very silly. But the thing is that wrestling is also very silly. So it kind of works and it gives some really interesting insight as to how like culturally acceptable wrestling is in Japan. It's very popular amongst women, extremely popular in a way that makes sense. Like, cause you'd think that would be true with wrestling in general. Cause you got a bunch of buff oiled up dudes in very, very small trunks. Often you'd think that'd be pretty damn popular with women, right? In America, not, it's still quite popular with men, but in, in, um, in Japan, a lot of women watch it and they very much sort of aim it towards that fact you know with here's, very here's pretty wrestlers though. i think a lot of the american wrestlers maybe barring like dwayne johnson but a lot of them are kind of butter faces aren't they some are um lately there's been a big push <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't say that to their face if i were wow. you but their butter a, face yeah <laughs> there's been a big push lately where the, some of the top guys are very attractive and actually one of the main guys that we all hate all the men hate him but the women really like him, which, to be fair, is that you know that's been done before. That like Shawn Michaels was very much like that as well back in the day, uh, where they deliver Val Venus, indeed. Hello, ladies. Bret, Bret Hart. Uh, oh. Bret Hart was appreciated by the men as well because he was very technical. But with yeah. um, like uh, we ha have a guy right now called Roman Reigns who is cheered only really by women and young children, and the men hate him. And he's a super attractive buff or oh, dude. So is he like the Justin Bieber of wrestling? Or? Uh, the, they had another guy they called the Justin Bieber wrestling who goes by the name of uh, Seth Rollins, who's also quite attractive. There's a photo of him on Jen's Twitter because we were backstage at Raw last night. Uh, oh, Seth nice. Rollins is her favorite wrestler, but he's I liked remember, along the men as well. I remember when my mom and I got super, super into WWF before mm. it became WWE. Back in the and, day. Uh, I feel like Jericho is like the only pretty oh, okay Jericho. He's still there. Jericho, what a tool. He's... I'll fight you, Jericho. I'll see you on Raw, Jericho. What a tool. He, he is. is. He's a great he's heel. Right. He's having his best run yet right now. He's got a bit of a really? dad bod. Yeah, he's got a bit of a dad bod right now, but he can still go in the ring. He's got an amazing gimmick. He, he turned heel a while ago, which is bad guy. And because he came back and they, they made him initially a face, which is good guy. But like someone that at that age really shouldn't be coming back and uh, beating guys who are like on the up and up. Yeah, it doesn't right. really work very well. So they turn him heel and he's now hilarious. He has a list called the list of Jericho and he writes on the list of Jericho everybody that has wronged him and it's become a major prop <laughs> and a major catchphrase for him where he'll bring the list into the ring and if anyone does anything wrong he'll hold this pen in the air for about 10 seconds very theatrically click it and uh, then in his usual Jericho voice go you just made the list! And all that kind of great stuff. Of I want him to like pull like a little black book out of out of his dingle, you know, out of his trunks. I'm of Graham Norton on Father Ted with "I'm putting you on my the, list." Of yes, me. it's very much like that. There was old um, Dad's Army. If you remember, Gav will remember that. You guys won't, but Dad's Army back in in the day had uh, 
uh, uh, one where there was a battalion of Germans that ended up accidentally captured by the dad's army, which is like the uh, the home guard, basically. The old dudes who were defending England, as it were, but were also like represented in this comedy as very incompetent, accidentally captured a German army uh, battalion. And their commander was um, very much a case of going, yeah, your name will also go on the list. If if anyone ever did anything wrong, it's like we will get you eventually, and then you will be on the list. Right. Uh, so I think I think that might be where they stole the gimmick from. But yeah, Jericho's still in, and he's hilarious. He's fucking hilarious. I'm Isn't there I... an Irish one like uh, Seamus. Seamus. Seamus um... is also uh, he used to be uh, the last couple of years. People have hated him, but he's been teamed up with a Swiss guy who has a bit of a James <laughs> Bond gimmick called Cesaro, and they became the kind of unwilling tag team. They they okay. were in a best of seven series Aww. together, which they tied. But now it's become an unwilling friendship friends. story. Yeah, they they keep interrupting everybody each other's intros. Uh, they one of them streamed on Facebook Live while a match was going on and distracted the other, costing him the match. But last night they had a bar fight in Charlotte, in our city, in one of the Irish pubs. It's very sort of stereotypical scene of like the third raid wrestlers come up and try and start a fight with them, and then they come together as a team and drink Guinness together. So it's a, a little friendship story, really, really great. You also, you also could go with the wonderful story of Finley and Hornswoggle. Ah, Fit Finley, yes. Two, two greatest Irishmen to ever be in wrestling. Do oh, Hornswoggle! Like, do they eat Lucky Charms and? Uh, one of them. One of them is Darby a smaller and... person. Yes, one of them is a person of limited height. Let me put it that yes. way. And later, it was revealed, I believe, that he was Vince McMahon's Man's son. son. Yes. Oh wait, no, really? They didn't do the leprechaun thing with him, did they? Oh, he was a leprechaun. He oh, he absolutely did. Oh, yeah, straight, straight up terrible. He was a leprechaun. Yeah. Yeah. They, don't, they, don't they know that's offensive? The English wiped out on the leprechaun. They absolutely, yeah, absolutely great, know it's offensive. The great leprechaun genocide, and it's. I, I feel we need to memorialize the leprechauns, it's though. Been you know, dark time. It's, a dark it's time. very triggering for us to have to to hear about this. They'd make it. They'd make it a point that they were on the leprechaun sacrifice as opposed to mocking it <laughs> yes yes honoring indeed yes. WWE has the subtlety of a nuclear bomb you know, uh -huh. they they did they do have some good Irish guys now though they they had it who was a champion for one night uh unfortunately then got injured in that match he's an Irishman called Finn Balor um he's very very it's popular funny, I've never never heard of half of these like, oh yeah a lot people of people don't watch the new product like, as it were Conor McGregor, but for mm. the wrestlers, they don't seem to. That's because I don't know how many of them are actually really. They're like my dad's mother was Irish, so I'm an Irish wrestler, like that kind of thing. So. <laughs> Finn, Finn's definitely Irish. He spent a lot of time working the independent scene in Ireland, and Seamus is Irish as well. It's just he's been around for ages, yeah. so people assume he's not. Uh, but they, they've they've moved away a bit from the national stereotypes, but not completely. Yeah. You know, Finn Balor doesn't do a whole "Oh, I'm Irish" kind of thing, but he. They they made a point of saying, oh, but you know his name means the Demon King, and then they just kept going on about it. it's like anyone seen the Demon King? Where is the Demon King? Let's just, just stop, please. Well, none of them will ever out Irish stereotype Conor McGregor anyway. I mean, minus the drinking, he is a walking, talking stereotype yeah. of us. You know, he's probably going into. Uh, they're making a deal to have him on a WWE match at some point. Also, the current women's champion on SmackDown is Irish, Becky Lynch. Uh, who started with, guess what, a fucking river dancing gimmick in a <laughs> green lycra outfit. Do you, want, yeah. do you want to know a dark secret? <laughs> what is your dark secret? You know river dance? Fucking, 
I love river dance. I don't, river dance is good. There's, I'm not going to complain me about my, river dance. Me and my girlfriend, every so often, uh, what we like to do is get drunk and watch YouTube videos, like pretty much probably everyone. But we'll sure. usually at the end of the night put on the original river dance show, which was an interval act on the Eurovision. And when it gets to the climax, but the two of us are like completely teary eyed, being like, Ireland! When it gets to the climax. <laughs> <pretty> absolutely. <laughs> Somehow this started off as a Crunchyroll discussion. But yeah, watch Tiger Mask W. Yeah. It's it's great. It's it's super, it's like they made an eighties anime in two thousand sixteen, and that's cool. Inter- so, I keep interrupting your your obligatory plugs. Oh, we're, we're, I think we were done with that plug five minutes ago. Honestly, <laughs> no, I just want to like give a shout. Look, Dodger, I thought that weird Drifter show. I was like, oh, it's just gonna be like a bunch of time traveling Japanese dudes. I was wrong. I look like I started going through the characters, and I was like, oh yeah, no. Nobunaga, gotcha. Yeah, okay, sure. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hannibal and Scipio, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Band of Thebes. Those are like one of my favorite historical people. Those are like the, the the military unit of all gay dudes. And they fought for each other because they fought harder because they were in love with each other. That's yeah, man. dope. I'm, 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 <laughs> That's I'm, cool. I'll watch this garbage. I'm you in. watch it. You should watch it. Yeah, I'm in I'm on in. that. That sounds good. I'll watch that after I finish my Black Mirror binge, which I almost have. Uh, that uh, that's a hell of a show. show. It's hell only three episodes. What are you? No, there's thirteen oh, of them. Oh, you starting from the beginning? Yes, as you generally do. Should have been on this train a while ago, my friend. No, I avoided that train a while ago. I'm kind of glad I did because then I wouldn't have been able to binge quite as much in it. Anyway, Co-optional Podcast does occasionally talk about video games. Our special guest today, who has already more than introduced himself, is of course the one and only Gav, aka Miracle of Sound. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hey, it's Again. absolutely our pleasure. If you could up your mic volume just a little bit, that would be lovely. Our so- uh, legendary is, of course, the act of our sound check where it doesn't represent at all what will actually happen when we go live. I don't never. know why that is. That's <laughs> never right. Weird about it. I don't get it. I don't understand at all. If there's something yeah. weird with XSplit where it changes shit when you go live, I don't know. We we test this and it's never right, but whatever. It's done. It's good. How is this? That sounds good to me. I'm sure chat will let you know otherwise, but hey. We do occasionally talk about video games, so why don't we kick that off right now? I've actually played a shit ton of stuff over the last week. A lot of older stuff, a lot of newer stuff, but let's start with Jesse. What have you been up to? God, uh, I have been doing all sorts of nonsense lately when it comes to gaming. I need to find my list. I played so many games. Um, I don't want to miss any of them. He has a list I, of Jericho. Let's find out who is on the list. It's definitely not that. <laughs> it's definitely not. All right. So first off, um, oh my God, where did it go? I, well, I'm gonna have to remember it. I don't have, I can't find the list. So tough tatas. Uh, so I played through a game called Icy. Yes, I've heard a lot about this one. Yeah, so the premise of this game is it starts out like a normal side-scrolling beat-em-up kind of game. Yes. It's a platformer. It's like a side-scrolling beat-em-up platformer. Um, and then about halfway through the opening level, the game crashes and you begin a meta game. Mm-hmm. Where you are... Damn, how do you always find these games? <laughs> recommended to me, and, I, and people were like, yeah, it's a cool slasher thing. And I was like, oh, I looked it up online. I was like, oh, this looks fucking dope. Graphically, it looks really cool. Um, but at a certain point, it becomes a full-on metagame, and there's a narrator, but because it's a... I'm going to say Chinese game? I don't, it is Chinese, yes. Because it's a Chinese game, it's Chinese VO. So the voiceover guy is directing you, and he, so you have subtitles and whatever, but he's like... 
hey, uh, yeah, you're on a mission to go slay this guy Judas, and it's gonna be this awesome scene. So like, head head this way, follow the arrows, I'll get you there. And of course, because f that, I decided not to. And <laughs> once you do that, the game goes off the rails. Like you are in the coding, and you're in like. I don't even want to spoil it. It's incredible. Like, it's super interesting. Big Stanley Parable vibe to it. Very much so, yeah. Um, and uh, it's definitely something that I, I kind of fell in love with. So I played through uh, the rest of it. And I'll just simply say, y'all don't even know. <laughs> it gets really weird. It gets really weird and trippy. Um, but yeah, there's multiple ways of doing it. You can... Follow the arrows, and that will get you one story. You cannot follow, do everything opposite of what the guy says. That gets you another story. You can just do your own thing and, and mix and match and not even listen to them, and that unlocks other things. There are secrets in every area. So every single, like, map that you go through, there are many secrets. Um, it's, it's interesting. It's a really interesting game that uh, I guess – I don't know how many people actually made it, but the, the guy telling you the story at one point – you end up in like, if you just ignore whatever, you end up in like a room where the guy talking to you, the, the storyteller, literally goes like, man, I've been making this game for years. And I think it might be the actual dev. I have no clue. So I haven't made this game for years. Probably. And, 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 but because it's a meta game, he's talking about the like game that you're, it's so weird. But in the background, you see screens of all the other iterations of the game before it got to this final version. And he's huh. like, in this one, you had a gun, but I got rid of the gun because that gun's shitty and like made it confusing for players. And I'm like, it's cool because he's talking about like his creative process, but also talking about the fact that like the game you're playing, there's been other versions of the game, which right. is that, um, that reminds me of a, there was another game this year that did that kind the of magic, magic circle by any chance. No, it was one of those kind of uh, first person walkie games and. It was about the beginner's guide the ideas from another guy and nobody knows if he actually made up the other guy or not the beginner's guide yeah. is the what you're looking beginner's for there guide, yeah. yeah 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 there was actual controversy around that because people didn't know if he was telling the truth like wait did you actually steal this stuff like is this real and i can't remember how that turned out that's yeah. exactly kind of awesome though <laughs> i know a couple of friends of mine yeah. believed everything in us and uh got very Right. in the whole idea that he actually did steal it but i thought it was very clear to me from the game just from my interpretation that it was an alter ego yeah yeah i, I mean i'd have to look up exactly what happened with that but i did hear some very very odd th theories about that and a bit of controversy surrounding it but yeah there was also a game called the magic circle which uh deals with an unfinished game that you're kind of finishing from within it and there's a ton of meta development commentary in that as well Icy has got popular through word of mouth, I think. Like, Steam Spy indicates it sold 60,000 copies already. It has a ton of positive ratings, yeah. despite having almost no press at all. I have to wonder if, like, a popular streamer covered it or something like that. Uh, that maybe gave it a big boost. I know I Cry mean, played it. It's, it's super It's super fun. Um, the, I think what it is is the gameplay is fun and also sort of challenging because there are combos and things you can do and, and you can unlock better combos as you go through so it's you know it's a good solid gameplay but underneath it all is this weird story where you're like what is happening right now so and it gives you sort of a freedom that uh, a lot of those games you just keep moving to the to the right mm -hmm. and this is like okay you can go up if you want to <laughs> like just we're gonna you can just leave this world and go up it's like oh well all right then 
So shout out to them for making a really cool you can game. Go up, and they say video games don't innovate anymore. Incredible, I know. It? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and then I continued playing through because we're on this weird meta kick. I think Dodger might have tried this. I continued playing through Be Glitched. Yeah. Ah, yes. That game is fun, man. Yeah. I've been trying to explain that game to multiple people because I, I started playing it for the first time in the last couple of weeks. And I was like, man, you're like a you're like a witch, but like a computer witch. And you're trying to kick all of the animals out of different forums. And you might be the bad guy. Like, I'm just like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It, yeah, you're filling in for the witch is what it is. Yeah. So you're like, you found the witch's computer. And so you're like metaing your way through it. But at the same time that you're doing her daily job, which is like booting hackers and like bots and stuff off of servers, you're also unlocking things on the computer that give you a little more insight into what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely one of those things that's a slow burn because the beginning of it, you're very much doing Bejeweled. You're playing Bejeweled and... Like a uh, different version of it. It's like a different mini Bejeweled, right? Bejeweled like, meets Minesweeper, I would say. There you go. Yeah, because you're also searching for people in the Bejeweled grid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. But very slowly but surely, you start unlocking things. And by the end of it, you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I definitely, again, I feel bad because these are all games that 90% of the content spoilers. So, right. yeah. Um, And then, I mean... Things like remember, I would definitely say that uh, Dishonored 2, yo, is freaking the hotness in my yeah. life. Does it Loving run fine for you? Right now. Uh, Dishonored 2 is so good. Uh, I am s the thing that, that immediately shocked me was how easy it was to get back in. Like the minute I started playing, I did the tutorial and was like destroying the tutorial because I was like, it's like three or so years haven't gone by. I know exactly how to play and what to do and how to get around. The only the only things I have is I was curious if they changed the rules on a few things. I was like, how do I maintain low chaos and not screw this up? But other than yeah, that- how, how, what, what are the, I've been wondering that too. What are the rules for hiding bodies this time? Like, are, do, so, do the rats don't eat them this time, do they? There are no Yeah, so this is the, the problem. There are blood flies now. So instead of rats, there are these things, blood flies, and they're way worse, they're assholes. But um, as long as there are no blood flies around, you can just put a body on a stool or on a stump yeah. or whatever. Uh, if you don't, I mean, but do they do they eat them, unconscious people? No, 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 no. Oh. So, so that's the difference this time. Is last time yeah. a rat would eat an unconscious person. Yeah. This time, blood flies only, at least as far as I can tell, eat dead people, which means more blood flies will appear. So Wait, so if, is much easier then. if a rat ate an unconscious person, would it ruin your like it perfect? Would, it would yes. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah. That sucks. What? So, but yeah. it's still, I think it was still relatively low chaos because they kind of dispose of the body while they're out. Yeah, it. it's this chaos system had a couple of different aspects which affected it. One was murder, but if it was a visual murder, if it was bodies that were found, it would increase chaos more, which makes complete sense because, you know, you're basically terrorizing the city. If people are merely disappearing and are not so noticeable, it doesn't have that big an effect. But that the problem with using those powers was that they would often kill people you'd otherwise knocked out. So they right. designed around that this time. I was, was never a huge fan of the chaos uh, system myself. I find binary moral systems in games often prevent you from using the most fun stuff. Yes, that there there is that. Like you know, if you wanted a low chaos run, you would be like, you can't use all of this shit. Then, that's mm. true. But 
I think some of the most fun stuff came from non like low chaos in that the way you could dispatch enemies or how you would get through stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like the idea that it also punishes you for being like a psychopath and murdering everyone because as the game goes on, even the first one, the more and more guards show up because they're like, some dude is murdering everyone. Yeah. It's yeah. harder as you go along. And there's um, more, there are more weepers as well, the nasty. Uh, yeah, and this one, there's more blood flies, which are giant pains in the ass. But I, yeah, I, I thought that killing blood fly, like I don't know why, but I had the assumption like, oh, if I kill these blood fly nests, that's gonna affect my chaos. And everyone was like, no, just murder them. Like, okay. But I found out that they're blood fly carriers, which are people who are like infested with them. Oh, if they like lay eggs those, inside of bodies. Yeah, if you kill yeah. those people, that's chaos. Ah. Really? So yeah, you have to. So I was like knocking out like flymen. I'm like, oh god, that doesn't really right. make sense to Not me. Not a bad. It's like flies are. But I'm like, oh, it's so gross. Like yeah. surely getting rid of a, a slavering zombie would count as reducing the chaos in the Apparently city. Apparently. <laughs> Not that's like when, <laughs> when you lose karma in Fallout New Vegas for stealing shit off raiders. Yeah, yeah that's weird. I will say that this time, one of the things I liked before, uh, was like all the lore and the backstory of the game because it's like such a massive world and you only see a fraction of it. And this time, they do the same thing, but they everything that's in a level ties together with things that will help you or give you hints, or like if you get a hint. Everything is connected to that, like a story behind why that hint exists. So I love when, when you, developers do that kind of stuff because it's awesome. Did you do the Clockwork Mansion, Jesse? Uh, I, yes. I, I, but I've, I'm not there in my playthrough, but I've done it okay. uh, at an event. And that okay. thing is like... It's a fucking masterclass in yeah. level design. In level design, it's, it's really impressive. There's another one. I think what they did is I feel like they had a meeting one day that was like, let's just create levels that are really weird mm. and they don't even necessarily have to like go together but like there's a reason why you're there the one level where you straight up are using a thing to bend time around you so in order to get through the level basically you are uh going through an old crumbling mansion in the present but what you use is a like a like a shard lantern or some weird thing and it like warps time around you. Suddenly you're in the past and you can go back and forth between the two. And in the past people live there. And, but the only way you can get through things is going back and forth, which is like a really cool concept for a first person game. You weirdly um, enough, there which, is a level in Titanfall 2, 2 that is exactly really like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, which was also like the most praised level. Uh, I actually did. I've beaten that campaign now and I was not as anywhere near as big a fan of it as other people were in that level. Right. But yeah, it's weird that they both, the two games came out in the same year, both did the exact same mm -hmm. fucking thing when it comes to that uh, time warping level mechanic. Yeah. It's a clever mechanic. I hope more games use it. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been done in the past, you know. I mean, Singularity, which was an excellent FPS that was mostly overlooked back at that point, did a bunch of stuff related to, to that. And obviously, if you go even further back, you talk about Legacy of Cain, which didn't do time travel, but the spirit world, real world thing was very similar to to that. That there would be things Zelda, in one that weren't in the Zelda, other. Zelda, link, link to the past, mm -hmm. did a similar thing. Yeah, well, the dark world. That's yeah. absolutely true as well. Yeah, I, I haven't really touched this on it too much. Um, I did try it since the patch. It runs pretty well for me now, but it's still causing a lot of problems for other people. Yeah, I haven't even touched it because I haven't heard like definitively for sure that it's gonna work okay. I uh, yeah, still struggling I mean, with that. Yeah, for me, I I got rid of my SLI configuration and just went with a straight up single graphics card. It works fine. 
it works. Yeah, I mean, you just that's um, been a thing for games in the last couple of years. If you have SLI and you have problems, the best thing to do first just go into the NVIDIA control panel and turn off the second card, and that will it works. That, it'll help. Of the time, that's what like. SLI, man, you figure that's like, I got two graphics. Oh, future. Yeah. Oh, this shit, I'm going to play this game. And it kind of does look better, but man, is it not worth it when half the games don't work properly? So, yeah, I mean, yeah it, why is that? Like, what makes it so that they don't communicate correctly? It's just very, um, it's very tech built on top of other tech. Like, SLI is very old technology. Like, it's almost, it, I think SLI has been around for a decade. And the problem is that some games, like, were never really built to support that properly. And, nvidia to make it work had to kind of bodge bits of it together and as a result the older the technology's gotten the harder it's been to get that working properly they are kind of having a do-over with dx12 and what's called multi-gpu which works with both amd and uh, uh nvidia cards that it's not really like up to full speed yet there's only a couple of games that really use it but that will eventually replace sli the thing about sli that some people don't really seem to understand when it's like, oh, you know, why would you get SLI? It's unreliable. Yeah, but the thing is, you can turn it off. It takes like two seconds to turn it off. So having two graphics right. cards, there's literally no downside to it other than power consumption and cost. So if you can get two, get two, because the games it does work on will get a massive boost from it. And the games that it doesn't, you just switch it off and you basically got one again. Um, right. So there's there's a, there's plenty of games that came out sort of this um, the last few months that didn't work well with SLI. Uh, Battlefield just broke with SLI. All the text now flickers and there's some weird shit with that and they still haven't fixed it. I think Watch Dogs 2 works well with SLI. It generally comes down to whether or not the company decided to work with NVIDIA prior to release or not. Because if they didn't, then NVIDIA has to scramble to try and get it to work. If they did... Right. Uh, Watch Dogs 2 has NVIDIA-specific features on it, so I haven't tried it with SLI yet, but from what I played of it, it looks great and it runs really well. So, it's a yeah. great game as well. It's, uh, so far, I agree, yeah. yeah. It's my, favorite, my favorite Ubisoft game in, in about three years. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that, because I think you've probably been the one who's played it the most. I've only played about 20 minutes of it, although I liked what I've played so far. Tell me a bit about Watch Dogs 2. Uh, well, I finished it. And well, there you go. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's kind of... They've taken out a lot of the the UB clutter that kind of makes their games a bit of a chore sometimes. Like you don't have to play any... No, the whole map is unlocked from the beginning. You can you can go anywhere. <laughs> One downside to that though is, and this is in I can remember this happening in Assassin's Creed too as well, is that some of the little puzzles and things around the map, you need some of the upgrades that you get in the main campaign to be able to do them, which right. can be very confusing when you don't know why you can't get places. But uh -huh. I mean, that's a minor niggle. But uh, yeah, it's a fantastic game. I like the tone a lot better than the first Watch Dogs. The kind of nerdy, fun hacker thing works a lot better. But my one caveat to that is I think it would have worked better as a game with no lethal options. I am... Um on board with that like i from what i'd seen in the trailers i'd kind of hoped that they went that way there are more non-lethal options and they encourage you a little bit especially in the first level you have no lethal option which is great mm. and that's it starts off really well basically you have a yo-yo because of course you do and sure. it's sort of made you know this this kind of a ready-made uh, homemade stun gun and yeah. it's that and your hacking abilities and that's what you've got to get through a building full of security guards and that starts off really good. It's like, yeah, this feels great. And But you do get lethal options. And similar to the first one, there's really not a lot of consequence to gunning people down, uh, and, which can affect, and, like, how much you um, sympathize with the main character as well. 
exactly. And the way they balance, um, <clears throat> particularly as the game goes on, it gets quite challenging in parts, unless you go full lethal and just kill everyone. Because if you're trying to stealth it, you'll find it's just... Uh, it's just so much easier to just grab a shotgun and fucking yeah. get everyone, you know? Yes. Yeah. The commercial that I've seen on TV for the game literally starts out like, we're badass hackers and we're hacking and we're hacking. And then mm. at the end of the commercial, a dude pulls out a bazooka and blows up a car. And you're like, yeah. what? Yeah. What's this game about it's exactly? Tonal, it's a little bit inconsistent tonally. Yeah, right? yeah. When one minute you're adoring, you know, the guy with the mask? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrench. I thought he was going to be the worst character. I thought I was going to hate him, but he actually is quite adorable, especially when you find out about like why he wears the mask and stuff. And they're, they'd be having this like really lovely conversation about like Chewbacca, which is just making you laugh. And two seconds later, you're blowing innocent people up and you're like, something feels a bit off here. Yeah, right? that, that's that's the problem. I, you know, they can't decide whether or not they want to go fully away from the open world thing. Because they know the open world thing still sells copies, so you've got you're going to be compared to GTA and all sorts of things like that in the process, and that's a real shame because it seems like that's what's going to hold it back from being really, really great. But I agree with you, like uh, especially at the start, the tone is really cool. The dialogue is a shitload better than the original. Some people's like, oh, it's cringy as fuck. It's like, no, actually, it's nerdy and nerdy in and a it, in a real nerdy way, not in a we're a fake nerd way. Yeah, it knows what it's doing. There's tons of video game references and things. I mean, fuck, there's a full-on thing where you can swap people, and one of the guys you're swatting is playing Rainbow Six Siege at the time in the game, which I thought was really great. My you... favorite mission was hacking uh, the Martin Shkreli-type guy yes. and donating all his money to, to medical research. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some really neat stuff in there, actually. And more to the point, I think the, the important thing about that game is that it sort of learned to laugh at itself. Uh, it, it hasn't gone all the way in that respect. And that's kind of a bit of a problem, but it realizes how fucking silly open world games actually are. And it is self-aware to some degree of that. And it, that was a big problem in the first one, that you're basically a wizard and your character motivation is paper thin for what you're doing. And yet the world doesn't realize how fucking stupid this is. So it's, it's played very straight. This game isn't. I mean, even down to the, the way the menu is designed. Like, visually, it's a fuck ton more appealing than the first one. There's a ton of, like, um, really cool pixel art in the menus and all sorts of things like that. You know, it's very bulletin board-esque, very oh, old-school like, 80s hacking. By far the most fun music video I got to make this year was <laughs> my Watch Dogs one, because the visuals in that game are just spectacular. There's a ton more color in it. There's a ton more variety mm. in it, and I appreciate all of that. I haven't got far enough in the game to really assess it gameplay-wise. What I played felt pretty good, but it seems like they could go further than they did with it. They didn't go as far as perhaps they should have to really distinguish it from the first one. And I understand that incremental, you know, baby step sort of attitude. But especially after the first one was not received that well, maybe just going like straight up, we've, we're just going to completely change things around would have been the way to go. But maybe that's what Watch Dogs 3 is, you know? Maybe this is the stepping stone to that. If it gets made, I mean, if it does, yeah. Sadly, this one didn't sell half as well as the first one. Not a big surprise, considering the disappointment of the first one. That's what I was gonna say. It sounds like Watch Dogs Two is way better than Watch Dogs One, and they did it listen is. in a lot of ways. But yeah. because people were burned by the first one, they had no interest and, in even and, and by the time as well. I mean, it's such like it's such a pity that this and Titanfall Two got released when they did, because mm -hmm. they're both really good sequels, but they're both 
just getting buried under this huge deluge of AAA stuff. Mm. And it's weird because there's not a lot of open world competition right now. You know, there's no mm. sign of a new GTA. We've heard Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming, but that's going to be for years. Like, there's nothing actually really directly competing with Watch Dogs 2 at the moment. Uh, the Skyrim remaster has, I think, sold more than it, did it? Uh, well, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Is Final Fantasy 15 really? I mean, the they are it's both open, open world, world yes it's but, pretty open world but one's a very, one's a very japanese style open world one's a very western gta style open world i, I don't think they're right. that comparable but it may well, just be a case of like simple marketing I, like the final fantasy brand so strong i guess when i think of like uh what would be competitive between those two titles is like they're both the sort of game where it's like well the base game is this many hours but if you want to do all of the side quests and yeah. do all of the things in the world, then it's 300 hours, you know? They're both bingles, big single-player <laughs> time sinks. Yeah, they're both time sinks, I guess is what I well, mean. Well, my question is, I mean, with the lack of... I mean, there haven't been very many open-world games this year. No. But everyone, every conversation we ever have... There haven't been like, a lot of Ubisoft games this year. True, <laughs> yes. No Assassin's Creed. It's like... People love open world because it gives them a lot of time to play games and stuff like that. But they're not selling. So is it that they don't like the games that they have that are open world that are out? Or they don't – there's that concept like slowly dying. Like people are like, it's too much game. It's not like it. There's a burnout, I think, on it. Like, I think the last couple of years we've had a shit ton of open world games. You know, we get an Assassin's Creed game every year. Obviously, we had Grand Theft Auto, but then we had things like Metal Gear Solid Five. We've even had stuff that's going open world when it wasn't previously. We had Just Cause 3, and then now we're getting go uh, Ghost Recon Ghost. in an open world form, which I think is completely the wrong move, because it's basically, we're slightly more serious Just Cause, which is like, well, no. And the Far Cry games, we got a, t we got a couple of Far Cry games within a very short space of time. Primal yeah. didn't go anywhere near as well as 4 did, rightfully so, because Primal wasn't as good as 4 by any stretch. And the, w the way that game genre trends go is because of games take as long as they do to develop you end up with some games like they come out too late yeah but the trend is already kind yep. of passed remember uh, when we spent like two years being like another zombie game but those people who were making zombie games were so far along in development they were like we can't turn back it. now like this game is still going out yeah but i mean there were other games this year that had that as well wasn't it like uh, mafia 3 was open world uh, the division was open world as well even though it was a multiplayer yeah. focus one and both of those games didn't do that well. The Division sold quite a lot of launch, but its population tanked. And Mafia 3 hasn't done that well either. So it seems like these guys have come along a little late. It's a pity as well, because Watch Dogs 2, as, open, as actual maps go, it's a fantastic open world. It, mm. there's no, um, there isn't any dead space in it. I, I keep hearing it compared to GTA 5 unfavorably. And I actually think Watch Dogs 2 has a better... A map because there's okay. there's always something to do on every block a little puzzle or something to climb and find whereas in a game like gta it's a fantastic detailed map but in most of the places lots you of go, dead space lot of nothing to do yeah i yeah i just i think it's it's one of those things where people over time have the exact same opinion that you just expressed where open world for the vast majority of people who at least i know is like it's nice to look at, but it's a large space of nothing to do. Mm. And, and and from what I've seen so far of Final Fantasy XV, and I haven't played it yet by any stretch of the means, but like everyone in this office has, and I've been watching them play it, it literally is like, 
you have a quest that's 0.5 miles away. And as you run to that location on the map, there's like maybe three things along the way. And I'm like, hmm, okay. So it could be that later on this changes, but at the beginning, from what I've seen so far, it has that open world vibe where I'm like, I'm not, boy, do I not like open world games. So that's, that's the I, other I, I thing though, is that every time we talk about open world games, I feel like we're also talking about them from the perspective of people who play tons of games. Yes. And open world games have a good like... value proposition for a lot of people because yeah. they've got a lot of content in the box. Uh, I'd like to correct what I said earlier, by the way. I did say Mafia 3 didn't sell that well. Uh, there are indications it actually did, uh, but there are no figures on it. It was their fastest shipping game ever. Interesting. But that does that's not sales figures. That's how many copies were shipped to stores. They did hit um, the UK chart, which is generally a fairly good indicator. We don't know how many you know there's a plenty of websites reporting it set a sales record but that's actually false mm -hmm. because they didn't actually announce what the sales figures were they, they sold shipped is different to sold uh but i know it did have a big advertising campaign behind it and it did relatively well in that respect but as to how many it sold don't know is there did a you, you know chilling effect that one uh, Mafia 3, I didn't play it. Like, it launched on PC at 30 FPS, so I'm like, fuck that. They fixed it, uh, but I haven't touched it much. I'm not... I haven't heard great things about it. Outside of the setting, which is supposed to be obviously really cool, I haven't heard great things about it as a game. Exactly. The setting, amazing. The story, pretty good. I liked mm -hmm. it. No, I didn't like it as much as Mafia 2, but the gameplay was just such a letdown. And the world as well. Speaking of empty open worlds with nothing yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I wonder. We we'll probably are seeing open world games falling in popularity a bit. We may see that uh, that change. And one should be careful not to confuse hub-based gameplay with open world gameplay. Deus Ex is not an open world game. Deus Ex is a hub-based game. Um, right. Open worlds, fully open worlds are, are a bit different. And honestly, a lot of fully open worlds do tend to run into the same problem of they're full of filler crap. Mm. You know? And as opposed to a game like Dishonored or Deus Ex, like you said, yeah, where Dishonored every, is not open world. Every little corner has a ton of detail packed into it. Yeah, it makes it really fun to explore. Yeah, I think, I, I think it really is the same problem that you have with every genre, where people start to say, okay, but that's probably just going to be the same game that I played a while back. Like there, there's no trust in innovation at this point. There's no faith that the game that they buy is going to be any different from a game that they played last year or just yeah. a few months ago. And there's the there's the problem as well that as much as the vocal minority claims they want innovation that's generally not uh, repeated in sales figures that that's that it, when it when it comes time to put your money where your mouth is most people back off and they'll they'll just complain on the forums about innovation but they'll buy the same game. We may see a change in that. I mean, if you look at the falling sales figures of call of duty one can make the argument that people are looking for something different but the thing is they went through their money at battlefield which isn't different either now in reality I, which is ironic because this is the most innovative call of duty in years to, to, in terms of its single Campaign. player that's absolutely yeah. true yeah it, it's single player is great um but i think that was that's more of a marketing thing you know it's like battlefield one was marketed better people assumed, oh this is going to be this is a completely different experience it's not it totally is not multiplayer wise at all it's but, still being marketed though battlefield one i still see commercials for it i have not seen a one call of duty commercial not one there's been yeah. a few but they generally put them in different places because they realize that um 
These are the I've seen them when I go to a like a bar or a, a gastropub or whatever. I'll almost unfailingly see a COD commercial on one of the TVs on one of the sports channels or something like that. Uh, because they realize the demo is different for COD now. You don't need to advertise it to the core gamer base because they either either they already hate it and they're never going to buy it or they buy it every year. Whereas the people you're going after are the like are the more casual gamers. You know, the, the college dude bro frat um, stereotype is still part of a demo and that demo often does buy cod and gears and things like that you know they like those games so I mean, you market COD, COD towards them instead. this year but i think it's still the biggest selling game of the year isn't it i'm not 100 percent sure what it what it is right now and obviously like it'll be interesting to see towards the end of the year once the sale fi sales figures really get going as to what's going to happen there or whether or not cod will have a long tail uh battlefield may take it over i mean it's already it's taken it over on pc for a while battlefield 4 is still played more than all of the COD games on PC. Uh, you know, even even the popular week, ones. Call of Duty sold 1.8 million copies, which is a lot, but it's down from previous years. Where yeah. you got to bear in mind, COD was is one of the biggest entertainment franchises period that exists. Mm. So yeah, it says in comparison, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Three sold over three million in its first week. In its first week, yeah. There's there's definitely a a chilling effect on that. As to why I don't know, it. Treyarch are more at this point. Treyarch are much more respected. I think it's so strange. We've got to that point, isn't it? Like isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Treyarch used to be the oh, it's a Treyarch year. Oh god, it's I, it's it's the knockoff card. I remember when Treyarch is. Treyarch was like the Ryanair of. Uh... Yep. Yep. <laughs> they absolutely were. COD three and World that, at like, War together with like bits of sellotape everywhere. And... That started to change with Black Ops One, I think. Like yeah. that—that's where the tide started to shift. And of course, Infinity Ward is not the same Infinity Ward it was, and that's obvious. The quality of Infinite Warfare is nowhere near what previous Infinity Ward games have been. Yeah, I stopped playing Call of Duty multiplayer about three years, three four years ago. But never in my life have I raged as hard at a game as I did with Black Ops One multiplayer. I mean, Jesus, I th it was just so unhealthy for me. I had to stop playing Call of Duty completely. It was, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't there. good. Like it had a lot of problems. Like it was legendarily bad spawns. There were certain things that were silly overpowered, mm. um, but it still, it got a following. I mm. think just cause it felt a little bit different. And then when Black Ops 2 came along, people were really into that. You know, mm. and Black Ops 3 got good, good, re good reception too. Yeah. I yep. think for uh, that season, uh, that series, they probably need to start moving away from sci-fi now. Because I think everyone's seeing, and I don't agree with this, but everyone sees the whole future war thing as the same genre and as the same setting. It's like, well, COD's done the same thing for the last three games. Well, no, it's not because, you know, one is near future. This one is as far future as they've ever got. I mean, it has fucking spaceship combat in it, for God's sake. That's not the same as Black Ops or Advanced Warfare which was very boots-on-the-ground kind of gameplay. It's like saying that... Uh, it's it's like saying that World War One and the Vietnam War are the same setting, which obviously isn't true, and nobody views it that way, but people do view sci-fi as the same thing. It's like, well, no, it's not. They're completely different eras. I think it's probably because the sci-fi uh, feel to Call of Duty was added later, whereas people were used to it being, you know, set in a either the present or the past or yeah or maybe they just didn't do a very good job of uh handling it because when, maybe not when they changed to the modern day thing with call of duty 4 everyone loved it yeah it, uh, it's i don't know maybe call just doesn't go far enough with it like e even in like 
Infinite Warfare, which is supposed to be the most far future thing there is, the energy weapon is a fucking AK. The Volk is an AK-47 that fires energy bolts. The Vector is still in it. The the P90, which is, you know, a weapon from 1990, is still in the game. They just changed the name of it and made it look a bit more futuristic. And it's like, how, how attached are you to older tech? Like, you're in space and you're still using this old shit and you're pretending it's a new shit? Like, you've got to go a bit further than that, surely. Yeah, I I miss the uh, the real authentic looking guns in Call of Duty. Actually, that was that was a lot of fun in Call of Duty Four. There's a and a lot of it is down to like they did modern warfare repeatedly, like and people's like stop doing modern military shooters. So they stopped doing modern military shooters, and now it's like people stopped doing sci-fi shooters. Again, sci-fi shooter isn't a genre. You know, it shouldn't be anyway. Something based in 2020 is sci-fi. Something based in 2220 is sci-fi, but they shouldn't be using the same tech or setting at all. It's a bit like the Ubisoft open worlds, really, in that like Activision don't really know when to stop with a certain thing, and they'll they'll do so much of it that people get sick of it, and then they think, oh, well, people don't want this genre anymore when if they had spaced it out more people would probably still get excited for mod- modern military shooters yeah maybe open world games it goes in cycles we had the same issue with world war ii people did world yeah. war ii too much and then people like stop doing that so like okay let's go modern people like stop doing that let's go sci-fi in the case <laughs> no, of people, battlefield it's like let's go backwards one now. yeah yeah they, they will they it wouldn't surprise me if the next one do- is either modern warfare 4 or something like that or either does Vietnam. I, I think COD still hasn't touched Vietnam as well as it could have. Black Ops was in Vietnam for a bit of it, but not all of it. It would be maybe good to see Vietnam again. Uh, Korea is one that's never done. Mm-hmm. Um, they could extrapolate very easily on the Korean War. They may try World War One and see if they can do it better than Battlefield. Mm-hmm. Or they it's- may go back to World War Two because we haven't had that for a while. It would not at all surprise me if I found out that when that Battlefield 1 trailer came out, Activision's next team, whoever, is it Sledge? No, um, who's the next team? Whatever one they were, we're told, Sledgehammer. what you're doing, reskin everything in, in a World War One or Two setting. Yeah, Sledgehammer's got the next responsibility because it goes in threes. Black Ops 3 was Treyarch. We just had Infinity Wards, so it's Sledgehammer's next. Uh, which uh, I don't know about that one. They did uh, they did Advanced Warfare, and I thought that game was good. I really enjoyed Advanced Warfare. A lot of the old school COD guys didn't because they thought the movement system was way too far out. I thought the massive changes to that were a big deal, and that was great. It was one of my favorite COD games. Uh, but I think Sledgehammer Sledgehammer is willing to take risks, and I hope that they're willing to do that again. And we'll see something hopefully pretty great. I'd like to see just some of the lesser known wars, you know. When we were, I was recording a video today with um, Forgotten Weapons. Uh, We were doing a bunch of, these are the real weapons versus Battlefield's weapon stuff. Because I went to Vegas to shoot them. And when I was looking through all of these uh, different, you know, kind of encyclopedias about when these weapons were used. It's like, I don't remember half of these wars. Uh, here's an example like the mp18 that's the smg that's used in battlefield one the standard smg barely used in world war one right only manufactured for a couple of years did you know however it was used in the second sino-japanese war the charcoal war and the chinese civil war and the spanish civil war did you even fucking know there was a spanish civil war in between 1936 and 1939 some of you probably do but i was in britain with bad education so i didn't (laughs) 
there are actually tons of wars that are not even covered that happened between these major world wars that used iterations of these weapons that we saw, and they have not been touched by video games whatsoever. At all. There's a lot of things that they could do with that. Will they go that route? Possibly. Are they more likely to just go back to World War II? Probably. People, as much as they say they want innovation, they love familiarity. They really do. And that's why even in these future games, you've got, this is an AK-47 that fires plasma bolts, because fucking course it is. Why would you have that? Why would you not have that? Uh. All right, we'll see. <laughs> I'm intrigued to see where, where COD goes now. And more to the point where Battlefield goes now. Because I think Battlefield won this year, didn't it? Really? It's been, a, it's been a while, but it seems like it has, sales-wise. We'll have to find out at the end of the year. I, I would say it's very likely it'll win in the lasting player base uh, competition. That's definitely going to happen. Uh, if you look at the player base for Battlefield versus... I mean, COD is a lot stronger on consoles historically than on PC, but the PC player base for COD is not good right now. Uh, it's definitely playable, but compared to previous titles, it's falling off even faster than previous ones. Currently, if we look at it, Infinite Warfare um, has 5,000 people playing it right now, and we don't even know if that's the multiplayer. But bear in mind, they split it down the middle this time. They brought out Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, which I did actually play some of in multiplayer. i got to say, it's fun. It's fun. Um, it is... I had never actually played Modern Warfare multiplayer. Never done it. But it is One actually... One of the best shooters ever made. <laughs> I, I will... On the multiplayer side, I'll say you're probably right. I never liked the single player of COD 4. I think it was the genesis of... Ah, heresy. It was, it was the genesis of really bad design. Like, that, that was like one of the first campaigns that did infinitely spawning enemies. You can't open your own fucking doors. Like, massively over-scripted stuff that I hated in stuff like Battlefield 3 and 4 and uh, Mon Warfare and Medal of Honor Door Fighter. Uh, th those games all took inspiration from I, that. I despise I, that. Thank you. I, that's what that was. My my, I came up with that. By the you way, you did. Definitely. You absolutely did. <laughs> but I gotta say, you know, this you, you if you praise COD Four, you've got to understand that Warfighter is its bastard stepchild, and the only reason Warfighter exists is because of COD Four and the fact that people really liked it. Uh, but remastered is playing about two thousand concurrent. That's not Call of Duty Four's fault, you know. I mean, Four sucks. In <laughs> the single player and posse isn't grandmaster flash's fault you know <laughs> i don't know i think you can make it a, a, an argument for that you know magnets how do they work i think that it in terms Creed of multiplayer though, better's fault okay i'll give you that one it's it is a hell it's hella fun in in multiplayer the remastered version feels pretty good uh it's quite nice to start with a weapon that's like oh this you start with a, th a three-round burst weapon with an iron sight and it's actually good like, and you can use it instead of like, I've got 5,000 attachments on my gun. It's got a laser tracker and it's got a foregrip and an angle grip and a secondary ACOG and canted iron sights and a suppressor and a, a flash hider and all this kind of stuff. Got like Reddit M16 mm. that everyone hates because it's so OP. I know. That's why I use <laughs> it. It's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but you stick a grenade launcher, stick a noob tube under yeah. it, and it's <laughs> it's great. Uh, but that, that one on PC is getting only about 2,000. It did not take off in the way people expected i want to see infinite warfare stats versus modern warfare remaster stats on console i want to know how many people bought that pack just to play remastered and how many are playing infinite warfare didn't they also split it so that windows 10 users can't play with windows 
seven or if you uh, bought it on the windows 10 store thankfully nobody uses that store so that's not really a problem but yes that was dumb as fuck if you're gonna buy infinite warfare do not buy it on the windows store because you'll not be able to play with anybody because nobody bought it on there splitting those two was stupid incredibly stupid Yes, it's intriguing. We'll see, we'll see how it uh, pans out. I want to I want to see what happens now. Battlefield's the top dog. What are they going to do with that? How are they going to leverage that? What's the next one going to be? I'm intrigued. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about the games we've been playing this week. Our sponsor this week is, of course, Crunchyroll.com slash TotalBiscuit. Head on over there for a free 30-day trial for unlimited anime. That's enough time to watch Cowboy Bebop. That sounds like a great idea. Here's 30 seconds of Cowboy Bebop. We'll be right back. Uh, it's this one. There we go. Sorry, I... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Corruption Podcast. Apologize for the slight delay. Uh, Dodgers turned into a feline, which is a bit of a weird situation. But... <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, anybody who was watching me stream yesterday knows that my back was kind of hurting. And holy shit, it's in the last hour, it's gotten exponentially worse. So I'm in like a weird position right now. So I asked if he could put a kitty on. There's me. now a cat, yes. Yeah. Vast improvement. The dreaded video game job person spine condition it's a it's a real thing we are just an absolute wonderland for chiropractors everywhere no doubt about it learn to slouch like me <laughs> mm. just let go just let go that's what i think that's what hurt me though <laughs> yeah don't don't take his advice into the slouch i think is what ruined just, my just let gravity take over and just sink into yourself like yeah, I am eating Go full a donut to try and fix it, which I think that's, that's how it works. Great solution, yeah. ideal. That's yeah. how that works. I've seen a Mountain Dew. I'm pretty sure there's some in the fridge. If I had a Mountain Dew and this donut, I think I'd be right back to normal. I think so too. Yeah, your body's just like, I gotta do the do. There's no, <laughs> there's no neon green in me today. I need to get my daily allowance of neon green. I'm a not couple co of not convinced. <laughs> no. A couple of days ago, Kristen and I both like walked by each other with a Mountain Dew in our hands, and we were like, "What the fuck is happening to us? They need to not buy this anymore because I'll just drink it and then I'll hate oh, myself." That shit is toxic waste. Yep. I know. It's what it's caused bad. the back problems? There's what? no doubt. Terrible, terrible stuff. All right, let's get back on the video games we've been playing. Uh, who wants to go, Gav? What have you been up to outside of Watch Dogs Two, at any rate? Uh, well, like Jesse, I've been deep, deep into Dishonored Two, which is game of the year contender for me i think mm -hmm. up there with um deus ex and titanfall uh, what else have i been playing i haven't really played much like brand new stuff but let's talk about titanfall then because uh, yeah. I've, I've finished the campaign for that uh yeah. just in terms of wanting to get it done for the video what did you think of that campaign me um absolutely loved it uh, one of the best shooter campaigns i've played in a long time I was really surprised how much it reminded me at times of Portal and Half-Life 2. Uh, I'd almost actually say it's my favorite campaign this year. Like oh, Doom, interesting. Okay. Doom was amazing, but towards the end of Doom, it kind of started to feel a little bit samey towards me. 
for me but like in titanfall 2 every single fight you get into has something new and fresh and unique about it and i love that does it how how so because that's i didn't feel that way in fact that was actually one of my big complaints about it so what, what was your perspective on that Okay, you tell me why you found it. They okay. weren't different. Because for me, it's like in one level, you've got like Fucking Jesse. time powers and what is going on? <laughs> I'm going to play Titanfall 2 now. He's, he's same, shamelessly shilling for a game he hasn't played yet. I'm, I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> no, he's not. He's never played it. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He just Best sold out. Jesse, is this going to be another one of those times when everyone tells me Jesse liked it as well? It's hard to see. No, because he hasn't was, played it. I know he hasn't I played was, it. He's bullshitting. I was, telling, uh, I was telling Jesse during the break that um, almost every time I vocally like a game on Twitter, half the replies are, yeah, Jesse really likes that one too. <laughs> That's weird. That's we sure. have similar tastes, I think. All right, let's get in on it then, because, mm-hmm. you know, the people, it's, it's nice to debate especially when you know we have conflicting views okay so I, I was thinking for a while like what is what is the main problem i have with the campaign because i've now played the whole thing so people can't make the excuse oh you just play the first hour it's like no i've done the whole thing so my big problem with this which is the same problem i think i have with any campaign that does this is i feel a serious lack of overall progress from start to finish in terms of progress it's narrative progress only you start at one point and of course the story has an end and that's the form of the progress it's a thing that happens a lot in games that have two weapon systems, in my opinion, because they like to leave weapons lying around and they design it in such a way that they don't know whether or not you're going to have a specific kind of weapon at any given time, which very much limits what you can do in terms of your encounters because you can't design an encounter around a loadout set that the player may not actually have. Uh, it caused problems in Call of Duty. It caused massive problems in Duke Nukem Forever. And I don't like the two-weapon single-player system generally as a result of that. Like, within the first 10 minutes of the game, you have access to five to six, like, different weapons kind of across the board. And there will be a couple of new ones lying around, but they're never a power increase. Because if that were the case, then you might end up at some point not having that gun. So you can't really guarantee a linear, sensible progression in power, nor can you build a proper upgrade system around it. This is why Bioshock Infinite was so fucking broken, because you had a two-weapon system, and yet you had an upgrade system for weapons you may not have, which ended up in a situation where you ended up spending those upgrade points, and I was like, shit, I don't have this weapon now. Well, that's fucking annoying. And you ended up sticking with maybe two weapons just because they were upgraded, not because they were optimal to the situation. Now, if you compare that to the way Doom and Wolfenstein do things, they know at any given time in the game that you are going to have a specific weapon. Not only that, but they also know that the upgrade system for said weapons keeps them competitive as your opposition grows in strength and allows you to adapt those otherwise limited weapons to more situations. When you don't do that, I feel like it makes it very difficult to create a real gameplay progression from the start where you're fighting against, you know, Scrubby McDubdub, and then all the way up to the end where you're fighting up against the ultimate fucking horrors of the warp and, you know, the kind of things that Doom does. And I place a great deal of value on that form of progression, whereas I'm gonna, I have a feeling that you place value on gameplay variety when it comes, and, le- and um, variety and level design, which, T- which Titanfall 2 does have in abundance. We are on the same page, we're talking say, about this. Yeah. yeah. During the break. I think it's fair to say, like, you're a very, um, 
you're a very mechanically focused gamer yes maybe. yep i not yes. only is that a fair assessment but i've literally said that for the last five years you've got me down with t on that one I, I, whereas for me i'll forgive a lot of uh, mechanical faults if it's a world and environment that i can get lost in and, and mm -hmm. yep i mean my favorite game is fallout 3 which is disastrous shooter you know? yeah and i'll turn around and say new vegas shat all over it because it was mechanically better although to be fair i think it was also narratively better as well uh, which is, is not something i usually put a priority story, on it's a better shooter but i prefer fallout 3 because to me it's more of a relaxing experience wandering mm -hmm. around that lovely world you know it's i think it's a different in our fundamental philosophy in 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 what we look for in the games rather than an actual uh, debatable who's right kind of thing here yeah yeah so you know tell me why you did enjoy those aspects of titanfall so we can get out of the perspective on it and well you nailed it you you got it on you you hit the nail on the head it's the environments like i remember one level where i was in like a factory and uh, they're building the world you've been seeing around you they're building i think that's that level four i think that's the one i hated the most actually is that the one with a lot of platforming and wall running in it <laughs> i love that level I there's hated all these it. crazy platforms building things and you're jumping around running around on them then there was another level up, up on a big warship and and the game in itself has two different play styles with with the titan and the pilot and i love the way they make those interact and I don't know. I just loved it. And it felt not since Half-Life 2 have I felt a linear shooter took me on that much of a journey. Uh, it's something I loved about The Last of Us as well. Mm. That sense of, of narrative progression, but also environmental progression, like telling the story in one go, if you get me, rather than globetrotting like yeah. Uncharted does. So I, uh, yeah, I, I actually liked the the globe the globe trotting aspect is what I like the most out of Wolfenstein. You know, in the case of it took me on a on a journey not only in terms of the different locales that I got to go to, and I went there for logical reasons, not like so we're gonna put you in Africa now or whatever. But I also enjoyed the way that they they handled character progression in that game. The, when well, it came well, that, to that's sorry. a fantastic game in both respects. In, mm, in it is, and, yeah, and mechanically. I think narratively, obviously, like Doom is a lot weaker, as it were, but I value narrative through gameplay. And while it was a simple story that Doom told, it was an effective one, and everything about the gameplay did effectively tell that story. You are supposed to be a literal murder machine, you know, you are the Doom, and what you are doing is entirely logically consistent, even down to the minor details of the Doom guy wouldn't fiddle around with this fucking control console. The Doom guy would fucking punch it. The Doom guy would break this. Uh, and, <laughs> he, and he did. 20 seconds of Doom, you know you're playing something special. Yes, and that's why he's an effective character because his internal logic is completely consistent and they don't try and tell more of a story than needs to be told. Uh, but when, when it comes to gameplay... You, the journey for me is less about the narrative journey and more about the journey of turning you know, the Doom Marine into you know, an absolute god of murder and the open, opening up the mechanics as you go through the game and allowing you to do that. And upgrade systems are a good way to do it. You don't have to do it. You know, if you look at the original Doom, a lot of that gameplay progression didn't come from upgrade systems. It came from the weapons and accessibility to ammunition to use those weapons on a more regular basis. Yeah. You can get Stuff like, uh, you know, if you take um, Duke Nukem 3D as an example, you can get the RPG in the first level. That's entirely possible. One of the most powerful weapons in the game is available in level one. But good luck finding the ammo to use it regularly. So the progression comes not in the fact that this RPG would turn up later down the line, although it does, especially if you ended up missing it the first time, but the ammunition to use it and the, the enemies that you need to use it on. 
You don't need the RPG in level one. You don't. It's cool to have it, but you don't need it. But later on, you do need it. You absolutely need a weapon of that power. And I feel like uh, stuff like Titanfall and stuff like Call of Duty presents you with a set piece and says that you can overcome it with pretty much any gun you can get your hands on. And they'll all be pretty much as good as one another with it. And the two-weapon system at least allows you to say, all right, I need a sniper rifle and a shorter-range weapon, you know. To, to counter what you're saying, I agree with you. But for me, with something like Titanfall, it's more about... Um, it's less about change up your weapon for this fight. It's more about change up your playstyle for this fight. Really? I mean, how did you feel that that was the case? Because I felt like every encounter could be basically tackled in the same way. If you want to, but... I mean, the factory level compared to the time level compared to the last level on the big moving airship and the different ships, just the way the environment moved and interacted with different parts of it and with your avatar, I felt, I don't know, for me, all the fights felt really different because of that, because I was playing each one a different way. Some of them I'd hang back in cover and shoot and other ones I'd be running all over walls and jumping on moving platforms. And Yeah, I think it's because I, I ended up doing the same thing. Yeah every time and maybe because yeah. i was looking for the optimal way to go through it and i've settled on one particular play style with one particular weapon set and just stuck with it I because i didn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i feel like i fall into that. everywhere and dying a hundred times and <laughs> yeah i didn't i didn't find it I, I didn't yeah i understand you. <laughs> you you know you you know the feeling Dad. the thing that was <laughs> killing me in that game was not the enemies it was the fucking bottomless pits like i was dying to platforms not to enemies and the enemies didn't really change up all that much and you did have the option of changing out your titan loadout but again once i found the one that i was comfortable with i didn't see any reason to it was almost like oh you can change this for the sake of variety and i feel like a game should never variety shouldn't be optional variety it almost should be like mandatory uh, in the way that the game's designed and giving you a choice in what weapon you use i don't think is 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 a well-designed way to create variety because a lot of gamers will look for the uh, the path of least resistance and really games most of the time are designed exactly to do that and if you decide to go suboptimal that's fine you can do that but you you almost weren't supposed to which I, I think is why I probably found the fights to be very, very similar. Um, but, you know, we look at it definitely from a different perspective. I think um, mechanically in terms of progression, there is not a great deal of it. And I've consistently hated almost every campaign that's worked that way. So that's probably yeah, why. That's, that's totally fair, you know. It's just, I think it just comes down to what uh, what people look for in the experience what they value. of gaming yeah. itself, you know. Like for me, it's much, it's much less about, um, gaming for me has never been about the challenge. In fact, sometimes the only hard, hard games that I like are the Dark Souls series. And if they were a teeny bit more easy, I wouldn't be complaining, you know, cause I find getting lost in those worlds is such a beautiful experience and just sucks me in so much that I will bash my head against a wall against a boss in it for two hours just so i can see the next one you know mm. but uh, i mean i've spent like three four hundred hours in skyrim and even on fallout 4 which was some a game that i love but not as much as the last two i just it for me it's about losing myself in another world and i think that comes from like my childhood when i wasn't a very happy little boy <laughs> And a video game was somewhere I could go and just be somewhere else and exist in a different place and, and enjoy that, you know? 
it's really enough. hard for me to get sucked into games now and that yeah, me too. comes me out like whenever whenever a big one. game like like final fantasy 15 like yeah. another game that's come out where i'm like i hope that when i sit down to play this i get really sucked in like that would be awesome but i think that one of the things that keeps me from doing that is that hope <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like going into it being like i hope this is an awesome game what happened do you, to you do you ever think what happened to you something happened to me i don't get immersed like, either your job affects how, how you enjoy games in the way that absolutely nope. 100%. i do the same job <laughs> when you're being critical of them i'm thinking about them critically it can somewhat still it's why i never read reviews before i play a game because i don't want anyone's thoughts in in my head that I'll be like, oh yeah, there's that flaw they they pointed out, or I don't know. Uh, to me, it's like I I, I thought it, it's changed my way of thinking over the last six years, but I don't necessarily view that as a bad thing. Simply because yeah. before that, it's like, well, okay, I just had lower standards, and is that a good thing? <laughs> Some people, sure, you know, you get to enjoy more stuff. I, I'm kind of glad I have low standards when it comes to movies. Because I can enjoy Independence Day Resurgence and all that other random shit alongside good movies like uh, Arrival and all that kind of thing. But with games, I, I, I feel like it's so much harder to enjoy something that's not as good because you physically have to do some fucking work. If I sit down and watch The Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, I don't have to fucking work to enjoy that. It's just, yeah. it's spoon-fed to me. And it, they may, it, you know, it's the Applebee's of movies. I'm being spoon-fed bad reheated restaurant food, but it's still getting spoon-fed and it's still food. Whereas with games, you have to work to enjoy yourself. And if the framework in order to do that is shit, it's much, much harder to get to that point. You have to work a lot harder to find any meaningful fun in it. It's how, it's how I feel with music, actually, more than more than games. Because I think when you make music especially when you make it professionally, it can be much harder to enjoy other music because you're picking out the the technical details and the, a lot of the time the flaws and it makes mm -hmm. it much harder to enjoy bands that you used to love. Like Metallica's new album, man. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I just can't get into it. Just keep comparing it to St. Anger and it compares favorably because everything compares favorably to St. Anger. Yeah, shitting in your hand and rubbing it in your ears compares favorably to St. Anger. It does, <laughs> yes. it does. Uh, Dodger, you were going to say something? Oh, I was going to say, I don't think that it's it's that um, that the games that I loved and got sucked into before were bad, and now I can recognize that they're bad. I don't think that it has anything to do with that. I think that it's when I was a kid, I didn't have anything else to think about. Mm. And now that I'm an adult, when I spend a lot of time playing a game in one sitting eventually like adult me starts to creep in and be like there's a lot of shit that you have to do today like there's other stuff that you need to get done and why don't you do that first you big dummy sorry mom because i was doing <laughs> other adult things first <laughs> I, think I, don't I don't believe that for a minute. How dare you feel that that lies? <laughs> I was doing other adult things before I did adult things. Dodger! No! <laughs> I don't believe it. I don't believe it. 
I don't believe when you tweet, I, I burnt popcorn, you're not doing adult things. You're not. I know. I was not. stressing about adult things. And then I put popcorn in the microwave for the amount of time that it said that you're supposed to cook popcorn, which was my first mistake, because everybody knows you're supposed to put it in for two minutes and then see how it goes. But instead, I put it no, in for four I've minutes, never... what it said on the thing. And at three minutes, my house was filled with smoke and it smelled <laughs> terrible. And it still nice. smells terrible this morning. So... Holy shit. <laughs> my. 12 year old could do this better than you wow i oh, do man. i do see where you're coming from though because like a, a friend of mine gray who works at the escapist i think phrased this very well he said the busier he gets the less patience he has for games he feels are wasting his time yes i'm exactly in the same position it's why i don't like open world stuff most of the time anymore and but i understand why people who are in a different position that have time to kill do because yeah. they're like oh i don't mind doing this side activity for me it's like Fuck that, you know, Titanfall 2 is a great example of that. Collect the fucking helmets. Why? Doesn't give you anything. <laughs> Nothing. No point in there doing that at all. And then to be like, yeah, I'm gonna go collect the helmets. Like, no! Why would I waste time doing that? That's fucking stupid. Well, it's the same thing when I hear certain individuals in this office talk about how they're gonna do the 30-hour Final Fantasy boss, and I'm like, that is stupid. Like, I You're in an Final office with someone called the Completionist. How are you surprised by this? Well, it's not just it's it's the other one. It's it's her man too. I'm not. Oh, him. him! What the fuck's he doing? I'm not a fan of this strategy. Do it together and swap off. That is literally painful to me to hear. Like <laughs> I exist in a world where games should be entertaining, and if it entertains me, that's stuff I love. <laughs> I don't like. And I'm with you on this whole thing. Like, easy games are fun too. In fact, some games can stand to be easier, and I love those just as much. But when I hear thirty hours. For a boss, that doesn't seem like a challenge. It seems like just it's gonna take you a very long time to to whittle time down. Yeah, it's probably gonna be really boring for I don't know twenty nine point nine 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 of those hours. Is, is it possible to uh, be defeated by that boss when he's on a sliver of health? Probably. I don't that know. That would probably be the most rage-inducing gaming. God, experience. fuck that. Yeah, yeah I just I, I did don't... that in WoW ten years ago. No one do it now. What no, was? Uh, uh, it's it's actually seventy two hours. Some guy in chat's like, "Is it thirty hours in game?" No, it's seventy two in game hours, which I okay. believe translates to thirty real game hours. Wow, or All real right. life no. hours. So a big pile of no. Yeah, but but again, that's some people's version of fun, which I get. Well, some people's like it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge of patience. It's not yeah. difficult. It's just most people aren't going to be able to do it because they don't have 30 fucking hours to spare nor the patience to stick around. You know, being able to sit on your ass for 30 hours in the skill. Yeah, it's one of those things where, where a game can be shit, but as long as I'm entertained by the shit, I will enjoy it and be like, I would recommend this to everyone. And it's the same thing with movies and all that stuff. As long as I can come out of it entertained, be it for work or for just pleasure... I will always enjoy what I'm doing. Um, and things that don't entertain me, I immediately stop playing within minutes. So I feel like I've got my, I feel like I got it down. I got the I flow you. of my life down. <laughs> I hear you. A family civilization, I think. Speaking um, of like something that really shouldn't entertain me, but I got back into, I fell back into the fucking Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes mobile fucking Why? 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 Because they have spaceships now. That you of all people should good, appreciate though. that. It doesn't mean that it's good. But it's Star Wars. You listen to Star Wars audiobooks. They're trash. Do you like them anyway? That look. You understand? Hold up. Hold up. Some of them are great. Tarkin's great. Some. Some are awful. Yeah, but 
some games are good and some are awful, and this happens to be one of the awful ones. Nah, <laughs> it's fine. Like they have a full-on space combat system now, which is good. They got raids and stuff. It's business ball's fucking horrible, but the actual gameplay is pretty cool. You get to have a uh, different fighter ships, and you can put different dudes in them depending on who, like, in terms of the lore, was flying them, and it gives them different abilities. You get to buff up a capital ship that accompanies you. So I have the executrix with Tarkin accompanying my little fighter squad, and he gets to do like support abilities and stuff like that. And he shakes his fist every time one of the fighters dies in the corner, which is funny. It's got a lot more to it now. It's it's good. It's like I sank so well, much fucking it's, money it's, into it's it initially. The last game you got really lost in. <laughs> uh, I don't get really lost. I play it like for an hour every night because that's like how long it takes to kind of do all the daily stuff, and then that's kind of that's kind of it. I don't even get lost in a game like that because it has energy bars, which kind of prevents you from doing so. It's not good. Like it's it's certainly not good. But in terms of just like a straight up five v five RPG battle game, it's all right. Do- Dodger and Jesse, what was the last game that really? when we were talking about like a game like that you want you want that experience again that you just really get lost in it what was the last ones that that happened for you guys um the last game that i really loved i would say would be owlboy um so like but, a, you got lost in it kind of thing but i did i wouldn't say i got lost in it because it wasn't long enough for me yeah. to get lost in it really yeah jim has a lot of good things to say about that one i haven't haven't tried it it's, great. it's a really good beautiful. game i haven't touched it because i don't like platformers but it's a beautiful game nonetheless the last game i really got lost in i mean i got caught up in i don't know that i got lost and i got caught up in until dawn and that i tried to keep children alive and that was the most tense experience of mm-hmm. like, that was a long eight hours i was like oh that was shit. such a good game easy to yeah. fuck it up too with certain guys like, a David Cage game, but good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Wait, which one? Sorry. Until, Until Dawn. Dawn. Oh, yeah. Um, I got I super fantastic. Here's the thing is usually I don't play a game unless I already know going in that I'll get caught up in it. And so like, you know, things like Life is Strange, stuff like that, where I was just like, get the fuck out. I'm going to make shit right with these two girls. Like things like, like I, I think as long as it is a story that's compelling and I'm somewhat interested, I get caught up in it. Um, which I think is why I repeatedly find myself playing metagames where I'm like, there's something more than just like, I'm a character who slays things, right? It's There's something hidden, something more that I can be a part of in the story. And I, I like that. I like the idea that you're not just playing a game, but sort of you're, you're experiencing something. Yeah. Total opposite for me. I skip cutscenes like a motherfucker. The last game that I got really engrossed in was Civ Six. Sam, and I'm like, what? It's because it's the he's the same kind of guy that I am. Like he he plays competitively even in single player games. Like he's competing with the game, and that's how that's where his entertainment comes from. Which means he really mechanically with himself. I presume. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, you're competing with the designer is what you're competing with. You know. I presume you're not a, a Kojima fan then. No, because there's too many fucking cutscenes. Like, there's not like uh, Metal Gear Solid Five doesn't have great mechanics. It does, but when the first two hours is sneak under fucking tables and run from fire whale, is like yeah, but that's fucking awesome. No, it's not. I'd watch it. That's that's a fucking movie. It's why Quantum Break is a waste of fucking time. Pause them this time around. I I, there is no there is no pain. Huh? (laughs) Can't see you. But Sam, we know it, you're it just competing with yourself. It was your fiance who was talking shit about you. I don't know what I agree with you. 
I agree with you. To us. Let I'm us on know your side. you're competing with. It's in here, Sam. It's in here. No, you're competing with the designers. You're not competing no, with yourself. No, competing with himself. You got to beat the challenge that designers like, put in I front of you. Thank you, TB. Thank you. It's like people that fucking Jesse, do books of Sudoku. Never. I know. I know. You haven't finished The Witcher. The fuck, Gerard? It's multiplying. 300 hours and there's DLC coming. You're never going to beat this game. You'll die. You'll die you before guys, it finishes. You guys don't understand. <laughs> Sam, you're competing with yourself. I'm out here. No. <laughs> the truth bomb hit him so I hard. One more thing. It hit him, right. it hit him so hard. Oh my oh. God. He gets it. All right. Yeah, he... then, they made it, then they made it weird. Metal Gear Rising's best Metal Gear game. Only good Metal Gear game. That's a phenomenal that... game, but it's phenomenal. The, that the it's... only one I gave up halfway through. <laughs> what? What? How can you possibly? It's uh, eight it... hours of metal as fuck, is what it is. Yeah, the music was fucking fantastic. <clears throat> that was my favorite thing about the game, actually. Oh, God. Fighting Chainsaw Dog? Why would you want to fight Chainsaw Dog? It's like, I'm a dog. Go chainsaw for tail. Woo. It's great. Uh, I, I just, I'm not very good at those kind of Gotta games. And, it and I get <laughs> so good. <laughs> You know what game I uh, I played and I was thinking about it for like weeks after I played it? It was Fury. Yeah? I loved that game. I loved that game so much. I loved the music. I loved the fights. I loved the, is, were, like, is it a beat-em-up? Or... Hmm? It is. It's a boss rush. The whole game's bosses. It's bosses and walking. And God, like each of them kind of... So each of them sort of play a little bit differently. There's like a bit of bullet hell in there. There's a bit of Bayonetta in there and God of War. There's a bit of fighting game in there. It's it weirdly like Fury is not a game I enjoy, but it's a game I, I respect because it it's all all mechanical difficulty. That's I'm with all you. It is. I didn't like that game at all, but I understand why people like it. I yes. get why people like it. It's a not a me game. Like I know what I love and that's beyond what I'm capable of tolerating. The salt levels were mighty high. Yeah, it takes it to an extreme that uh, that is past what I enjoy. But yeah. it's because I'm not like a big I just want to fight bosses kind of guy. That's not you know I like fighting the the trash. I like fighting the you know, the meat of the grunts and everything like that and progressing through. And you know there's another game where progression is not a thing. Now uh, in terms of a progress, there is a progression in difficulty. But in terms of your kit, your kit's always going to be the same. But that's mm. also the appeal of it. That's also why it's good because you're you have your tool set and your tool set is laid out in front of you from minute one and it's like this is what you're gonna get that you've got to be everything in the game with this go. Do you like the Soul series, TB? I would if it wasn't as hard as it was. Like it again, I don't like going through and having to repeatedly do the same shit over and over again. I'm also terrible when it comes to navigation and that's a game which makes navigation challenging yeah. and as a result, yeah. I get fucking lost all the time. I beat Demon Souls. But after that, I was just like, uh, all right. Um, I played like a good few hours of Dark Souls, and then I just rapidly burned out and said, I, I can't do this. This is too hard. I, I don't Man. have the time for this shit. Not for me. I, I love those fights where it's like, okay, I need to figure out how this fight works and what your patterns are, and eventually I will beat you. Even if it takes me like 40 tries, I will eventually win, and it's going to feel so satisfying. And that's why I love Fury, because it's think it does that. Mm. I think it has to do with your definition of a power fantasy. Like, Maybe. everyone, like, and when it comes to gaming, right, everyone, the reason why they like being the hero for whatever reason is because it's like, a, yeah, I'm the new powerful guy and I can do this and this, this. And many people are the Dodger version of a power fantasy where it's like, I'm the scrappy dude 
who fights and fights and fights and fights and finally wins. There's many people like me. My power fantasy is I'm 20 levels above you when I finally meet you and then yeah. destroy yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like I, I, spent- I did. I did. I did the side quests in the Witcher, t- Witcher three kind of uh, character, and now I'm like 17 levels above the story. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like I'm so more powerful than you, and I think that's my power fantasy. It's like I'm so powerful, you're nothing. Like basically, I'm the bad guy by the end of the story. Like yeah, I'm, yeah. From murdering everyone, I was like. Because I spent three hours leveling up and killing. Yeah, because you work towards now. that. Yeah, there, and there is yeah. a degree of satisfaction available in that too. Yeah, because I like tweak. I like having the best shit. I play the same in uh, Civilization, in Master of Orion, in like all four X's. I like being the technologically superior guy that, at a whim, can crush an empire with a flick of the wrist. You know, that kind of thing. And it's like I worked for that. I worked to be overpowered as shit. Don't take that away from me. Nah. That's how. Yeah, that's why I get it. You didn't, work, you didn't work for that M16, though. <laughs> there is there. I, you know, I will admit there is an M. Uh, there's an element of that. It used to be when I played Populous, I used to deliberately switch sides. I get overpowered, and that game let you switch to the other faction, and then I'd pull the comeback and become overpowered as those guys, and then I'd switch back and do that, which was mm. an odd. But that that's also when I had time. Now I just want to. It's like I fucking won. Bang! You're just obliterate i have nuclear weapons in 1620 you're all fucked let's go that's fun to me that's power fantasy yeah it's one of those things where it's i enjoy the fact that for like civilization 6 is a great example and that it's just like i've bided my time and all you fools attack me as i just sit here and i i like i have nukes and it's 1713 i'm just like Mm -hmm. excellent let it begin and just nuke everyone it's such a good feeling, but at the same time, I totally get when people are like, I worked five hours to beat this boss, and it's the greatest feeling that I that I did that, mm-hmm. and I succeeded. 20 minutes into that boss fight, I've been like, well, I don't think this is the game for me. Like, I, this is just two different things. Like, I know when to call it quits on my own, and when to be um, like, I'll wait, and then it's I'll It's a very have difficult it. thing to balance, I would imagine, for, for designers and in, in, in how you make it difficult in a way that makes people want to keep trying, you know? For me, as I said, Souls is the only series that's ever succeeded at making me want to keep playing a hard game. Yeah, it, I mean, it's two—it's two sides of the same coin. You still work to beat the boss; you just worked in a different way. We worked in a way that we became numerically superior, and you worked in a way that you became mechanically superior. I want to fight the power, and you want to be the power. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to—I want to fight the power. But then no. <laughs> I want to like, I wanna like end like the last thirty minutes of Hunger Games. The power, like you, you, oh, you yes, I totally the- fought for the power. Or like now I'm <laughs> the power, like that kind of. You like want to fight kinda... the power and beat the power with your power, of course, yes, with and more then power. Become the power and stop everyone else. What better way to beat the power than have more power than the power? Of course, yeah. of course, you should do that. Please, it's perfect. Weasel my way. I'm gonna. I'm a little fingering life, guys. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. He's li- no. He's little fingering life. So I thought I was back on uh, Podquisition there for a second. We like to make you feel at home here on the show. So, Rapid Fire Blitz. I played like seven or eight older games like this week, just for the sake of it. I played The Division again, survival mode. Nice. It's good. Uh, if you hated The Division, but like the idea of a sort of Hunger Games battle royal. This independent mode is one you can just go into. There's 23 other dudes. You start with a pistol and a fuck. You don't even have a scarf, for fuck's sake. You start with a tiny shitty jacket 
And he's like, I'm freezing to death. I need to make a scarf. I need to make better, better warm weather clothes. I need to get a weapon. I need to unlock and I need to fashion a mask. The mask gets me into the dark zone. I fight the tough dudes. I have to fashion a flare gun, and that lets me summon the helicopter. It's really good fun. I uh, really, really cool Is mode. Yes, a PvP or PvE. You can play both modes. You, if you don't like being shot in the back by some random dude, you can turn that off. But uh, you get more experience if you play the PvP mode. It's like the Dark Zone, only a shit ton better. It's basically what the Division should have been from the start. As an independent mode, even if you don't even play the rest of it, that mode is great. Because everyone starts on an even playing field, which is awesome. And there are a few other Battle Royale games that are all in early access right now. Like the Culling and uh, H1Z1 and stuff like that, King of the Kill. So it's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, I played... For some stupid fucking reason, I said, I'm going to go play Call of Duty World at Wars multiplayer. I, d right. I don't... I, don't I, I think it's after I played Modern Warfare Remastered. I'm like, oh, okay, that was kind of neat. Uh, let's just go out and play the older CODs in their multiplayer. Because there's a lot of mods now for World at War. Like, World at War still actually has an active player base on PC because it had fucking servers, like real games are supposed to have. So I went on that, and I ended up in some mod server, and... Uh, we unleashed the dogs, and that was great fun, and there was a ton, ton of bots, so it was a really big battle. That was kind of neat. That was kind of fun to play. I understand why people still like that game. That was entertaining. I went and reinstalled Star Wars Empire at War, and I installed the Thrawn's, uh, Thrawn's Revenge mod, which has Yo. got all the eras in it. You could summon Grand Admiral Thrawn. It has, like, five factions instead of two. I played a bunch of uh, Skirmish with that. That's a shit ton of fun still. I'm going to probably play a campaign of that. I will say on Windows 10, if you alt-tab it, it literally crashes your entire PC, so you might not want to do that. But outside of that, it does work fine. So I want to play a full campaign. I want to build the Eclipse. The Eclipse Star Destroyer, you could build that. <laughs> it's it's still that's still like one of the best Star Wars games that's ever been made. That's super fun. So I played a bunch of that. Reinstalled XCOM 2 so that I could put Sam in tight leather um, hot pants. I saw it was quality. Very worthwhile. Uh, the very bright. They added a ton of cosmetic options to because uh, they put new DLC in that game. That game is a wholly different game for what it was on launch now because it has a ton of new DLC and mods. So I installed five different mods from Long War Studios, put all of the cosmetics in, and you can now put people in like Fallout style post-apocalyptic gear, give them mohawks and biker helmets and voodoo top hats and stuff like that. So that's really cool. Uh, started playing that again. I'll probably do a full playthrough again before Christmas. Uh, so that's awesome. A little bit of Watch Dogs 2, but not too much. I do want to do a bit more of that later. Ashes of the Singularity. I installed that because that has a new standalone piece of expansion content. That is a RTS from... I think it's the same guys that made uh, Sins of Solar Empire. And it's a kind of simplified Total Annihilation Supreme Commander-esque game. Very sort of grand scale. You can build thousands of fucking units and have a big blob and throw the big blob at the other dude's big blob and watch the lasers fight. That kind of thing. So it's a bit simple compared to stuff like Supreme Commander. I still think Supreme Commander is a much better game. But it's very easy to get into this one. Like if you're not much of an RTS player, it's very easy to build a big army with some big fun shit in it and fight with it. So that I think is an advantage. Also on the RTS one, I played 8-Bit Hordes, which is the sequel to 8-Bit Armies, which is by Petroglyph, some of the ex-Command and Conquer guys. They made, they decided, we're going to make an old-school basic RTS with kind of Minecraft-esque graphics, and we're going to do it so that you can mix fantasy and, like, real-world armies. So their second game was 8-Bit Hordes, which is, like, Warcraft, and their first game was, like, Command and & Conquer, and their third game is going to be, like sci-fi shit and you can mix all those factions together and fight so i played against the dude with tanks but i had orcs and ogres and cyclops and shit 
And that game came out with one faction initially, which is what made it stupid on launch. They should have never launched with one faction. They're now four, and it's much better. Hell of a lot more fun to play. Very simple. Very simple. You'll be immediately familiar with it if you've played CNC or Warcraft 2. But it's still pretty fun. So I played a bunch of that. And uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I played Pokemon. Ah, uh, yeah. I imagine you did. I still haven't got around else to that. Pokemon? Told me about Pokemon Sun and Moon. I still need to download that. I haven't got around to it. Um, I'm playing Pokemon Moon. For those of you who don't know, Pokemon Sun and Moon are set up 12 hours apart. So um, people who are playing Sun, the day is normal. So like if you're playing it during actual daytime, it'll be daytime in your game. If you're playing it during actual nighttime, it'll be nighttime in your game. Uh, if you are playing Moon, then it's swapped. And there are some Pokemon that you can only get during the day and some Pokemon you can only get during the night. Mm -hmm. So some people are changing the clocks in their course they are. to like yeah. try and figure out where Naturally. the right Pokemon are. Uh, um, the mechanic that I think is the most interesting that they've added in is calling for help. Um, there are some Pokemon you can only find if a specific Pokemon calls for help okay. and randomly like this one Pokemon comes to aid them. Mm -hmm. Um the idea is that once you get a Pokemon down to a level where you could catch them with a Pokeball, they have a percentage chance to call for help, in which case, more often than not, the exact same Pokemon will show up. So like, okay. if you're attacking a Caterpie, it'll call for other Caterpies to come and save it, right? Mm -hmm. um, people are starting to chain Pokemon this way because you have a better chance of getting a Shiny. Um, you also have way better stats for anybody who's trying to put together a competitive team. You also have way better stats on the Pokemon that you catch after, I think it's 40 chains. Um, so if you chain Fuck like that aspect of it, yeah, it, it, it actually doesn't take that long. I only know this because I watched Sam do it. Not watched. We were watching TV and I glanced over and was like, Oh, you're already at 30. Good job, bud. But, um, it, it doesn't take that long to do it. You just have to be careful because if the Pokemon that you're fighting against, runs out of pp or like runs out of mana if it runs out of pp then uh it does a, a normal attack called a struggle where it hurts itself so if you're if you like hurt a pokemon down to almost nothing Knocks and they call for help out. and then you kill the one that it called for help and then killed the one that it called for help over and over and over again eventually it's not going to that first Pokemon isn't going to have anything left to give, right? And it's going to start just struggling, and then it's going to kill itself, and you'll lose your chain. So people That's... are starting to like, try to figure out how to mm. how to like how to be smarter about how they chain things. But um, but what I what I do love is there are certain Pokemon that literally the only way you can get them is because they will respond to a help call from uh -huh. a totally different Pokemon. Yeah, either because cool. they eat that Pokemon, or Neat. they're like. <laughs> They have like maternal instincts. Like Kangaskhan, I think, will show up if a Cubone is crying. Okay. Yeah, dude. Sure. Well, Pokemon is brutal. A, I didn't know they had a, a food chain. I thought it was all. Pokemon They're totally all friends with each other. other. <laughs> no, no. Um, Someone's going to be bought by that food chain. Yeah. So. It's Pikachu's, that, by the way. That part They're of eating. it has been fun. I really love Mimikyu. He's a creepy, sad, terrifying ghost, and I want to be his friend. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Undertale, the Pokemon. Ugh. He's he a is. he's a, a ghost Pokemon that's so terrifying 
that no one will interact with him, not even other ghosts. So he dresses up like a Pikachu because he knows everybody loves Pikachus. Did you see the anime explanation? Yeah, that he, he hates Pikachu. I mean, he hates Pikachu. Yeah, because everybody loves Pikachu and nobody loves him. So he hates Pikachu, but he still dresses up like Pikachu to try and get friends. And I'm just like, uh. and he also uh, like, it's implied that the curses that he has would drive somebody mad enough that they would just die. And I'm just hey. like, thank you. You're so <laughs> fucked up. Please be my Pokemon. Pokemon's um, a lot darker than I thought. <laughs> it is. Very, yeah, it's good. I love it. So um, I've been playing that. Not nearly as fast. Sam, Sam beat it within like a couple of days. Um, and surprising I, nobody ever. Yeah, not surprising anyone. Um, I might think a third of the way through it. I'm not sure. I've just been kind of like leisurely playing it. It's it's been it's been precious and fun. I like the alternate versions of Pokemon. I like that Meowth is super sassy and that Raticate is real fat. It's His big old fat cheeks are so fun. Yeah, he's so fat. <laughs> Jesus. I was like Raticate. He's like Yeah. <laughs> he's amazing. It's great. I love oh, it. Oh man. So yeah, there's that. Cool. <laughs> I, I was at a barcade last night and played a few things. Fucking Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is still incredible. Just want to point that out. Oh, As if man, anyone doubted yeah. it. Oh, I'm game disappointed is so good. all those Marvel 4 things were so fake. Uh -huh. So fake. They're not going to make another one. It's just, it didn't make enough money. And it, also that game is really hard. I don't know if people have noticed, but to actually play that game in a high level is really fucking difficult. It's so cool. I used to think though. I was good at that, and then I played against someone that actually was, and it was painful. Holy shit. But I got. I, there was. They had an arcade machine of uh, Golden Axe The Revenge of Death Adder in that, which was. I never played that version. I love the Golden Axe series, but I never played that. It was How a old night. What game is that? 1992, arcades only. I, I, I don't believe it was ever ported to anything. And it's actually cooler than all the others, although it has some really fucking stupid uh, characters in it. Because uh, you, you remember the first two, you got, you got your dwarf dude, Gilius yep. Thunderhead, uh, you've got Tyrus Flare, the sexy Amazon, and then you've yep. got Ax Axe Battler, who doesn't battle with an axe, he battles with a sword, but, you know, of course he does. Um, and he was a uh, super sexy loincloth man. And then I think it was this Golden Axe 2 had the same dudes and Golden Axe 3 had some new characters. Golden Axe Revenge of the Death Adder is fucking bizarre. They have none of the original characters in it except for Gilius, except he rides on a giant this time. He's not, of he doesn't course. fight himself. He's on a giant shoulders. He, they have Sternblade the Barbarian. Dora is a female centaur. And Little Tricks, <laughs> a young lad with a pitchfork. His magical power is tomatoes. He summons fruit. Great. <laughs> he summons fucking fruit it, it's got like it's animation wise it's amazing like it looks so much better than the other golden axe it's got a ton more attack animations and things like that a lot more detail again that, that guy summons fruit which confused the shit out of me but there's a ton of different things you can like uh use siege weapons like there's little tiny mini catapults in some levels you can sit on the catapult and throw rocks at people they have a ton of new mounts they have a um uh praying mantis that breathes fire they have an electric scorpion, because of course they do. Giant electric scorpion, and a bunch of other really crazy shit. None, it's none awesome. None of which is as cool as tomatoes, by the way. I mean, no, the, the ability to summon tomatoes the for the game should super be, powerful. He his superpower is tomatoes. Yep, it is tomatoes. I would love to see a proper 
proper remake of Golden Axe, not Beast Rider. We don't count that. But yeah, that was that's actually great. I need to download that on MAME and play it because that is actually Holy way better than all the others. This game looks great. This yeah, looks it great. is. It, it, it supports four players on a cabinet as well, four-player co-op, which is really great. Uh, but yeah, it reminded me a lot of uh, a Dungeons & Dragons arcade game, which was also really awesome and you can get on Steam now. The uh, centaur lady uses that... Uh, remember American Gladiators? Like, yeah, the, that, like, the pugil stick. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, she uses one of those. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, you know what the weird thing is about the centaur lady? when She, she loses her legs when she jumps on a mount. What? Yeah, her legs just disappear. She becomes Wait, a normal person. Mount, because because it's a giant scorpion. It's like, this is cooler than my legs, so I get rid of my legs so I can ride the giant scorpion. A boss, a boss just suplexed the yep. centaur lady. That was yep. amazing. So cool. There's a bunch of great wrestling moves and shit in it. it oh, it's so good. Uh, what we also saw at that place, which is called a Bari in Charlotte, is they have a killer queen cabinet. I think there's only about 15 of those things in total. It's a new indie game that's a 10-player cabinet. Uh, again, they don't have many of these things. They're about... If you want to buy one, it's about $15,000 for the cabinet. Um, it was premiered at New York University's fourth No Quarter exhibition for indie arcade games. And it was, like, named Game of the Year. And there's about 15 of them, I think, in the country. And these guys are one of them. And it was the most popular thing there by Country Mile because it's a five-on-five. Five, it's like five-on-five five Towerfall, but with some other objectives. Oh, holy shit, yes! Yes, it's got a bunch of, uh, like, there's two teams and there's, uh, like, three different ways to win. And it's played with ten people. It is amazing. I've never seen anything like it. And it's so cool to see that they're making new arcade machines. Obviously, very, very limited amounts. But this thing, yeah, they have a, they have one. And it was like, the entire night we were there, everyone was just playing it constantly. Because it's like, this is, you know, it, it is very much like kind of towerful, but 10 player. Um, you can get, I think a, there's a cheaper version of the arcade cabinet, but the one that they're using is the full on 10 player giant widescreen version. That was, mm. that was so cool. I was a big fan of that. I also got to play the, the next generation pinball game, which is my favorite pinball game ever. Star Trek TNG pinball fucking nice. love pinball it's it's mechanical art the way that those machines are designed is so intriguing to me you can make them do so many things it's like wow but you actually you're doing this for real this is real components that are making these things happen not some fucking video game mechanic and that's amazing to me that is just incredible that they did that but yeah killer queen have a look at that there's not a lot of info on the net about it uh but yeah you go and have a look at killer queen it's an incredible thing It'll Does be it interesting. have the, the Queen song in it? I'm going to go with the assumption they did not have the money to license Aww. that. Boo! She's yeah. a killer, killer queen. queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such such an awesome thing. Yeah, with the barcade with Xavier Woods yes, last night. Uh, he's better oh. than me at Marvel. He's better than me at Marvel, I'll say that. Oh, oh, not by much, though. I did kill two of his characters, so, you know. Yeah. He needs to get a bit of practice in there. It's like, oh, I'm so busy with my international wrestling career. It's like, yes, okay. And my super successful YouTube show. Mm. La di da. Um, I played another game. Yeah, what you got? I can talk about it super quick. Cost. Called Overcooked. Oh, um, I've been wanting to play this for ages. It looks great. It's really fun. Mm. It's um, a two to four player game where each level is a totally different laid out kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you are trying to optimize like how to put together meals, deliver them, wash dishes, make meals, like it's co-op as well. Yeah. It's so fun. Uh 
I played it with my family and it got real intense. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> some of the levels wind up being weird. Like you go into it and you think, oh, this is a pretty easily laid out kitchen, you know, so we take a minute. We're like, okay, well, I'll wash the dishes and it looks like right next to us the chopping station so I can chop. And then, you know, if we're backed up at all, then I can also do dishes and like everybody chooses what they're going to do. And then in the middle of the level, like the, the whole map splits in half <laughs> and whatever happens yeah. to be on either side is like stuck there. We're like, wow. no! <laughs> Stuff Thank like God that. for that, because when you used washing dishes and fun in the same sentence, I was getting a little bit skeptical. Hey, I, I I say this as a board game lover. You can make a you can certainly make a board game with any theme fun. Like mm -hmm. you know, there's a really fun game which is nothing about making like jewelry in a Renaissance Italy, and there's games about like uh, traffic, you know, moving traffic around and stuff like that. If you use the right mechanics, you can make any theme fun. It's true. Mm -hmm. And this one in particular, like, I, I love the idea of turning the hectic nature of a kitchen into a cooperative game. It is so... You realize very, very quickly that you have to communicate with each other. Yes, yes. Um, because otherwise, everybody's doing the wrong thing, and you're putting stuff where it's not supposed to be, and like, oh my god, I grabbed an onion, but you grabbed an onion. That's my job. That's not your job. You know, that's the best co-op. Like, I, I always... Yeah. And I ran about this a lot, and I still believe it, that most co-op games are shit at being co-op games. Because they're caught for, they're just caught because they can be, not because they have to be. You know, Borderlands, great example. That's a game that does not have to be caught at all. There's plenty mm. of other games that don't have to be caught at all. They just happen to be caught. But games like this, they have to be because Wait, communication. You mean, you mean boosting your body onto a ledge every five levels isn't meaningful? Co -op? Apparently not. So I'm told. <laughs> you know, these horde mode army games, of like, two. <laughs> oh yeah, shit like fucking Shadow Warrior. At least with Army of Two, you had like an aggro system where you could pull aggro for the other guy. At least that had, that tried. But there's so many co-op games that are just like we're gonna tick co-op as a feature, but we never designed our game to be that. So it's not right. really a co-op game. It's fake. Yeah, it's fake co-op stuff like this where it has you have to play cooperatively that's the real shit yeah. when you mentioned shadow warrior there i'm so sorry to completely change the topic backwards here i meant to say something about that game earlier when jesse was talking about uh, game difficulties and uh, shadow warriors difficulty modes have different descriptions and the easy mm -hmm. modes as um this this mode is for people who've had a long day at work and just want to come home and feel like a i appreciate it yeah, I thought that was awesome. Considering there's a lot of games that, and I don't view this as a big deal whatsoever. You know, I'm not fucking vice gaming. I'm not going to cry about this shit. But <laughs> when it comes down to like, there are some games that sort of um, shame you for playing a lower difficulty, like Wolfenstein, where it's like, you know, uh, don't that was hurt me. Funny, yeah, it is funny. It, it absolutely anyone that legitimately complains about that is just an overly sensitive little snowflake. But I, it is also appreciated when. A game recognizes why you would play that mode, you know. And that Shadow Warrior, for all its faults, I don't like Shadow Warrior Two at all. I, th I don't think it's very good. But for all its faults, that that gameplay mode description exactly nails why a lot of people play the simpler, the easier modes because they're not they don't the challenge. You, that's the beautiful thing about video games. Games don't have to be challenging to be fun, right. which is which is awesome because there are so few other forms of media that could sacrifice something so important and yet remain viable as an entertainment medium. And gaming is one of those. It's the same thing when we were talking about voice acting. Games can survive bad voice acting, whereas most films and television shows cannot. They, those things are so important. And it, it's wonderful for, to see a game like embracing that fact that, yeah, yeah, you won't play... 
It's a single player game. You want to play easy? That's up to you. Like, you enjoy this game on whatever level you want to fucking enjoy it on. Because you're not ruining anyone else's experience by being allowed to do that. Which, by the way, is the reason why you can come crucify me as much as you fucking want for this. That I do have absolutely no issue with the notion of Dark Souls having an easy mode. I d it's people have made arguments that Dark Souls would never be... You know, that has no value beyond that. But I think people like that actually don't truly understand that there are other ways to enjoy that game. That game has a lot more to offer than just being hard. I was going to say... If, oh, sorry. If, I, I was just going to say, if decreasing the difficulty made it so that the game was garbage, it wasn't a very good game to be Eggs with. fucking exactly. That is 100% fucking true. We have the same argument with StarCraft, where people are like, oh, if you make queens auto-inject, it ruins the game. Or if you count the number of workers mining, it ruins the game. Really? Is the game so fucking fragile that it would completely implode in on itself if such a minor change was made? Do you think that this game is that shallow? Because it's not. There are shit tons of other great things about this game that not only stand on their own, even if you take this shit away, but might even get a little better if you do. It might it allows you to focus on the things that truly matter, the meat of the game. I agree. Um, on one hand, I can see where the Dark Souls fans come from on that one because the world is... It's meant to feel so oppressive. Meant to feel oppressive. Yes, yeah. The, I, I will the, give the them difficulty that. Difficulty somewhat, it, it kind of adds to that. Yes. But I... I do. I don't think an easy mode would ruin it, and I think for a lot of people, it it would help them enjoy the game more. I it would to me. It, it would to me. I think that I, I don't. I don't think they're wrong when it's when they linked uh, the difficulty to the overall like world building aspect of uh, oppressiveness and things like that. It, yeah, I I think they make a very valid point. But I think the world's also strong enough to stand without that. You don't yeah. have to. Now, there are easier ways to play that game. I get that. You, there are much easier playstyles, but that doesn't. You know, there's a lot of stuff in that game which is still real fucking hard, and it doesn't get rid of the aspect of you've got to go back to here and all the enemies respawn. You've got to do this over and over and over again. And yeah. uh, the idea that co-op is the difficulty option, okay, but some people don't want to play with others. They still want to play single player. So that's yeah, that yeah. that's not as viable as it sounds for everybody. Uh, Bloodborne was the only one of their that i won't say series because they're different you know what i mean it was the only one where the difficulty actually stopped me from finishing the dlc because i was just it got to a point where i got in to it was the first boss i think in the first or second dlc and he just smashed me within two seconds couldn't read the attacks couldn't tell when he was going to and i was like yeah now i've hit the point where i can't be arsed <laughs> you know it's interesting. It was so fucking hard that it just couldn't be arsed. It's interesting, you know, because it's it's something that you can, if you go back in time, you can look at games being really hard, but every one of those games had cheat codes. Like yeah. Sonic Two is one of my favorite games of all time. Have I ever beat it from start to finish? No. I fucking use skip level cheats. Like you know, I skipped half the fucking levels and then beat Death Egg without going through any of the other stuff. And then I went back and played that other stuff later. I'll freely admit to that. I cheated my ass off in that. I cheated my ass off in all the Sonic games. Didn't fucking matter. Did you know, anyone ever not use the Konami code on Contra? Uh, slash not. Probotector. Which Probo yeah, Super Probotector. In, in was Europe, it yeah. Probotector in the UK as well? Because that's what it was. Yes, right? yes. Uh, Probotector and Super Probotector rather than Contra. I'm not sure why they changed that. But yeah, it's... Yeah, the, the games don't have cheat codes anymore. There was a... Yeah, here's a prime example. Fucking Titanfall 2. I was looking for a skip level cheat to get past level 4 because it's shit. And 
I will freely what add. Level, is level four is that the? That's the platforming bullshit factory level. That's um, one of the best levels. <laughs> it's awful. It's the worst. It's what I don't play those. And I'll freely admit this, and I'll freely admit this in my own damn video. I got someone else's save file and replaced mine so that I could skip that level. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah, I played three quarters of that level and then lost my shit and just went to the rest of it. And I'm happy to admit that because it's my fucking entertainment product and I can enjoy it however fucking well damn I please. It's single player. No, you'll enjoy it the way I want no, you to. No, I, I will fucking dude. not. I will absolutely not. Cheating in single player games is totally fucking fine. Cheating is pro-consumer. Cheating is consumer choice is what that is. And if you prevent people from doing it and your excuse is, turn the fucking achievements off then, you stupid fucking merit badges. Are you seven years old? You need your fucking merit badge to justify what you just did? No, you don't, because you're a grown-up. You don't need your little damn merit badge. I don't need that. I do. Achievements are shit. <laughs> achievements are maybe one of the worst things ever added. Like, it would be yeah. fine if they were totally optional and people didn't put so much fucking value on them, but they're literally designing games around their existence now, and that bothers the fuck out of me. Because it's probably half the reason you can't cheat anymore in single player games. As a medium, are so malleable and exploitable anyway. That yeah, of course, it's one of the best things about them. Cheating in single player games is just you know the same it's fucking it's people whine about modding. It's it's, like, it's having a level ninety guy in Fallout Four cheating because it it sure feels like it. <laughs> fine by me. That's if that's yeah. what you want for your fucking power fantasy. You know, again, if you think that you can. If you can derive value from a game in a different way than the designers originally intended, then more power to you. And in fact, that's actually a compliment to the designers as opposed to an insult. That's not saying, and my artistic vision. It's like, no, you created something more than what your artistic vision is. Dishonored and being a we can enjoy it on that Have level. you seen those like uh, playthroughs of Dishonored by, uh, I think his name is like Stealth Gamer VR something, or mm -hmm. has these incredible high chaos Dishonored playthroughs where uh -huh. he'll go through the whole level in like a minute and a half using the most impressive ways to kill everyone. Definitely, definitely worth watching because it makes you look at the game in a completely different way. That's cool. Like, why, why didn't I play it like that? <laughs> I was playing that game totally wrong. Well, no, there's no such thing as playing it wrong. That's yeah. the wonderful thing. And it's sometimes hard to see that. And I think that we often fall into that same thing. As I said earlier, that I fell into the good old, um, uh, what's the issue? Uh, the good old uh, Path of Least Resistance in Titanfall 2 where I figured out the optimal way and the optimal weapons to play, and I just played it that way. Uh, it's nice when a game it offers other things, but you've also got to offer things as a viable alternative instead of the suboptimal alternative. If I want to play a game with pistol only, I've made that choice, but the game didn't support that choice. It's like saying, well, I could play one hand time behind my back. It's the same fucking thing, same principle. I'm artificially handicapping myself. I'd rather the game gave me a viable alternative to that playstyle. And well-designed games do. Dishonored's probably a great example of a game that does. Deus Ex as well, you know, and plenty of others. I loved that uh, new Deus Ex game. It, it got a lot of uh, flack, but it was really, really, I loved it. Really liked it. I think most people enjoyed it. Uh, I think the flack that it got was probably justified, but not actually yeah. important. Uh, it had some performance issues on launch and, you know, incorporating those microtransactions into that multiplayer mode is kind of mad, but simultaneously, it was pretty good. Plus, I feel like the whole, like, the story was a little bit fundamentally flawed in that, like, trying to compare the orgs thing with racism was just, like, I it's thought a tricky they analogy. could make it work, but they just, for me, they just didn't make it work as well as they could have. And... Yeah, I, I think they should get props for trying. Like, I, yeah, I think oh, that a lot, a lot of developers are very scared of the online, uh, 
I wouldn't use that term. I'd go with uh, witch hunting that can happen <laughs> with addressing a controversial or difficult topic via allegory in a way that the internet doesn't approve of. Mm. It's like, well, yeah, but they, they try to address it. Like, you know, and if mm. you're one of these people that says that we need more diverse games and we need uh, games tackling tougher topics, you can't then go and crucify anybody that gives it a good faith try and doesn't mm. quite get it right the first time. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's the whole thing. It you know, needs to come down to good, assuming that the developers acted in good faith. Yeah. Because they did. Mm. They were good people. For me, it was just heavy-handed in the in the finished product. As in, oh, yeah. The, the org thing was so prominent on every NPC you talk to. Yes. The only thing they're going to mention or talk about is orgs versus naturals. And it felt like, is this the only thing in this people's entire universe? Yes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you're totally right. I think there's a there's a great way. To, uh, that's a great description of it, that they, they did lay it on a bit thick. And as a result, it came across a bit ham-fisted. That is a valid criticism to make of the media in terms of its narrative. It is not a reason to crucify the developers, because yeah. if you do, then you scare people off from trying that again in the future. Mafia 3 is a similar situation. Some people think that it dealt with racism poorly. Some people think that it dealt with it well. If you crucify them over your perception of them dealing with it poorly, then the next Mafia game is not going to deal with it at all. Because nope. what's, is it worth the fucking hassle? It's not. Maf Mafia 3, it, it gets a lot of... Uh, people were talking about how well it deals with racism. And up to a point, I was agreeing with it. Then I found the first Irish character in the game. Uh-huh. But he's white, Holy so fuck. it's fine. <laughs> it was like a guy in a green hat outside of... Oh, pub. my God. Oh! It was literally <laughs> Hornswoggle. <laughs> I won't say I was offended by it, I wasn't, but I just kind of rolled my eyes. You know, it was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, well, so, you know, because the thing is, like, the racism against Irish is fucking real and has been real for ages, but I feel that, you know, on, on certain levels, it's considered a more comedic form of racism, which... There's no such thing as a comedic form of racism, really, but the Irish seem to have dealt with it we laugh. fairly well. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, you know, everyone has, people have different definitions of the word racism. Naturally. For me, yeah. I consider it a little bit racist because I'm fucking Irish. I mean, I'd say, I'd say it's not just a little yeah. bit. It is, <laughs> but it's like, it is all racism created equal in terms of the reaction to it? And the answer to that is no. no. Paddy's, uh, it, look at Paddy's day. <laughs> oh yeah, That's a great conversation. We, we just laugh at that. Je Jesse's just dodging this. I don't blame Go him at all. Green beer. It's it's the uh, it's separating the idea of the practice of uh, racism from the impact and result of racism. Mm. That they're all it's all the same. It's all equally bad in terms of its intent and all that sort of thing. But in terms of its practical result, if you look at it very pragmatically, it's not the same. There are, and there are some stereotypes that hurt more than others do. Anyway, I think it's fair to say in the next few years, you'll see a lot less more of people wasting their time freaking the shit out over games. Uh, yeah, because there's a few more, perhaps more uh, closer to home <laughs> things to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, let's go to a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the upcoming releases. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Oh, God. Yes, there we go. All right. Well, what about the show? Just screw that up slightly. We're going straight to releases because we are rapidly running out of time. And no, the first release is not Counter Strike Global Offensive. Ignore that on the screen. Just testing. Well, good. <laughs> we are just fucking this show up from head to toe. 
Our actual first release for November 29th is Florenzia. Thank you for the save. How the fuck do you spell that? F-L-O-R-E-N-S-I-A. Got it. It's Florenzia. A, oh, it's that free-to-play MMO that popped up last early week. Oh, actually the week before, maybe. Yeah. Mm. That's apparently still being delayed up to this point. Great. Good to know. Great. The game after that is called Seven Seas Solitaire. I think we can Some probably guess what that is. Iteration going on there. Mm, indeed. Very successful marketing. Uh, let's move swiftly on. The next one is called The Secret of Middle City. The Secret of Middle City. Inspired by classics such as Monkey Island and Broken Sword, uh, and is seducing like a Twin Peaks parody. How does one seduce with a Twin Peaks one? Sure. Huh? Sure. Written mm -hmm. in Hollywood. Great. That's a. Uh, I'm just waiting for the actual like gameplay to start. Uh, this in entire Hollywood. This isn't the entire opening. The only the trailer is the credits. <laughs> I... Yeah, we can tell it's written in Hollywood. All right. Yeah, going to the actual <laughs> screenshots. Oh my, yes, that looks um hmm not quite as good as Broken Sword. Let's just put it that way. Oh my goodness. Well, I think it, I think it says a lot about how much gamers give a shit about um. Hollywood people being in stuff or like famous actors being in stuff that Jon Snow is in the new Call of Duty and it's the worst selling one. Nobody gave a fuck about that. All right. That and I gotta say, like, in terms of villains, that. yes, he is. If, <laughs> yeah. if you're gonna pick between villains, I'd probably pick Kevin Spacey over Jon fucking Snow. Like, Jon Snow is the goddamn villain in the first place. So, poor Jon Snow. No one knows his real name. No, poor Jon Snow. Right. Kit Harrington. Uh, Kit no, Harrington. There you, you mean Jon Snow? You mean Jon Snow? Jon Snow. You know, nothing Jon Snow. Kit Harrington ain't done shit. Jon Snow saved us all from the White Walkers. So, I'm just <laughs> did he? Out there. But did he? Spoilers. <laughs> oh, I guess that's true. We, we don't know. know. We have no idea. <laughs> Hush. Hush you. I'm calling it right. now. No one knows. I'm calling it next. next. We're all white walkers. Next. 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 We're the white the next walkers. Next one is Pinball FX2 VR. Ooh, that's a, that's not a bad idea. Um, Pinball FX is real fucking good. Uh, to make a VR version of it is kind of neat. I'd say that I might play that. That's neat. Pinball's fun. You should try it. The game after that is called Our Wonderful World. Oh, it's a slider yes. puzzle game. It's oh, just a create pictures game. Right, yes, that's if I wanted something that represented our wonderful world, it would be that. Mm. Slider puzzles of photographs. Cool. <laughs> next. The next one's called Stratus Battle for the Sky. Hmm. Well, it's got an appropriate name for it. Fucking RTS. Yeah. Set in a fantasy world of warring priests seeking the favor of the fickle gods. I love the idea behind it. What does the gameplay look like? Because there we go. All right, finally got it. Ooh, it's got like little floating mushroom things and balloons. Lots of balloons. Plenty of balloons. Now it's good. Great. Uh, don't know why it's in. Oh, there, there we go. Now that's in sixteen by nine. Okay, I can. S this looks interesting. You got there's a lot of bridge building between little islands and shit. That mm. looks like it might have legs. The next one is called Stratus Battle for the Sky. No, not Stratus. No, Battle. it isn't. Oh my god, we literally <laughs> said that one. Publisher Tycoon. Well, actually, in a time loop. Play. Nobody knew. Publisher, uh, Publisher Tycoon. Tycoon. Okay. Which is a game where you're trying to publish books. Manager of a book publishing company sounds interesting. Willie has an anime art style going on with it, uh, but yeah, it is a. It looks like a tycoon game. The interface is terrible. Holy shit! I wish they'd fix that in these tycoon games. But all right. <laughs> the game after that is Vrarchaeology hey. Prologue. Yes, it, it's and it's a kind of archaeology game. You get to mine and mine. Uh, there's an axe involved in some way. A little lantern. Yeah. 
All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, Watch Dogs Two. Of course, yep. Of course. That actually, I think it was released yesterday or the day before. But yeah, it, it is definitely on. I think it was a uh, Uplay first, and it's probably on Steam now or something. That would make sense. Yeah. Uh, the game after that is Nuclear Contingency. Okay, it's a top-down action stealth game set during the height of the Cold War, and it looks like it was done in MS Paint. And you know, like the original Metal Gear, the one that wasn't that good. Mm -hmm. If you took that and made it look worse, it's that. Not a ringing endorsement, but that was kind of the point. Oh, interesting. Yeah, this uh, sounds cool. Yeah, the next one is called Infinitas DM. Okay. Um, it's It looks ah. like it's like a, a tool to help tool. you DM a game. Yeah, you have like maps and things. Yes, uh, there's a couple of things that have tried to do this before. Fantasy Grounds, I think, as well. I don't know mm -hmm. how this one compares. I think a modern sort of DMing tool for this kind of thing that isn't like Roll20 and online-based could be pretty good, if done well. The next game is called Magnificent Ships Volume 1. It looks like it's just a VR game where you look at ships. Yeah, it is. It's literally, you just look at them. It's like, oh, cool, a ship game. Oh, it's just, it's just models that you scroll around. They have the yeah. Zumvault in there, the new uh, US destroyer that now can't fire the bullets it was supposed to fire because they fucked shit up. <laughs> there I was thinking it was going to be about romantic fan fictions when I heard that. Magnificent ships. Magnificent ships. Ah, Magnificent ships. ah I like it. John and Danny. Well, no, they. Oh, what? yeah. That would, could potentially be very bad if one of the things I'm thinking is going to happen in the Guys, stop, stop, uh, stop talking about it. Game of Thrones. Next. <laughs> the next one's called Turret Architect. It's a cookie clicker game. Great. Sounds great. Next. Yeah. Game after that is called Dark Eden. Dark I just, just want to read this to you. As you wish. <clears throat> the game constitutes of a unique object, which is. <laughs> The near future yes that's not being difficult dark eden from other mmorpgs does it right. really uh there you go I like gameplay wise it doesn't look too shabby yeah to me it looks kind of a little old school diablo look to it but yes the um the description of it is amusing it apparently will provide you a new experience you did not have from the other games before yeah, you won't have it you get to be a vampire slayer or ousters yep they've never done near future vampires before underworld there's <clears throat> um Sun, sun, daybreak. <clears throat> anyway. Never experienced it before. Never experienced <clears throat> other things that did that. <clears throat> yes. Um, the next game is called Mad Hunter. Okay. It's a scroller with cool graphics and cheerful gameplay. Uh, as the Mad like... Hunter, you play as very obsessed with pitching, which went for a <laughs> dog to stretch my fists. <laughs> the fuck is this shit? It's Russian, of course it is. Next. <laughs> the next game is called Knock Hit an Arrow, but like N-O-C-K. Yeah, Knock uh, Hit an knocking arrow. an Arrow by Code Bison, which it's got a bison with little goggles on. It's lovely. Uh, early access sneaky shooty game uh, with a bow and arrow. I gotta say, if you're gonna call your game Hit an Arrow and make it stealth game, maybe don't make your arrow glow fucking neon white. That is a bit of a clue that you might be standing there so do watch out for that it is unsurprisingly vr november 30th oh yes. are we skipping neon arena oh apparently we oh neon arena it's okay. a vr game that's a top-down arena style shooter. oh yeah why would you make that in vr how does yeah, that benefit i don't know okay yes well okay. all right well now we'll moving on to the 30th on. we have bounce yeah. 
Bounce. It's a VR physics-based puzzle game. You are a playful robot. You got to help people play for robot. Playful robot companions. This actually looks pretty decent. Like as a VR game, it looks fairly fleshed out, kind of three D puzzle build shit sort of game. This looks pretty cool. Cool. The game after that is called Twin Bros. Twin Bros. A fast-paced game where you control two players. Oh, God. Dodge enemies and start your journey through awesome levels. Another pixel shit game. Next. Oh, yeah, the trailer's recorded with Bandicam, unregistered version, because it has the fucking... Yeah! Oh, God, that's that's always a great sign. <laughs> uh, all right, next. The next, one, the next one's called Doomsday Survival Training. Naturally. Uh, let me guess, this is VR, right? Yes, it is. Doomsday Survival Training. You will learn uh, how to... Apparently, Doomsday Survival Training involves dodging deadly laser traps. So just, you know, if you have to be a Doomsday Prepper, just get those laser if trap training in If the robots take over, there. man. If the robots take over, we may we very well be fucked. We know how to do that. Yeah, it's sort of parkour. It literally is nothing but that. It's parkour, dodge the laser grid Resident Evil style. Yes, that's what I think of when prepping for Doomsday. Cool. Mm -hmm. Next. Uh, and then we have fucking 28 Waves Jesus later. Christ! This Good game! God. It's, what, it's never going to come out. They just delay it every week just to make sure we talk about it. I, I need to make sure that Chris never, ever mentions it again in our list. That's getting We're banned. We're for this game. Blacklisted. Blacklisted. It it's gone. The next one. The next game is called Townsman. Looks like a fairly simplistic sort of Settlers-ish style game. By the looks of it. What we got next? Next is Super Ninja Hero VR. I, wow, I did and not spell that it's right. It's an oh. FPS VR game. With cool fighting, strong, cunning enemies, and a smart boss. Only one? Apparently only one. Yeah, uh, I mean, might be okay. It's, it doesn't show much gameplay, I admit. It's like, here are the weapons. Like, yeah, but I don't know how it plays yet. All I see is the same ninja falling over in the same way over and over again, so... No, I don't know about Looks that. Looks like it has potential. Yeah, I'm cool. now looking at the gameplay footage where they put the little camera in the corner with the guy using the VR thing, and it actually looks pretty slick overall. UI needs a bit of work, but, like, weapons-wise, you've got this really cool fucking energy bow and a guy that blocks with shields and stuff. That's not too bad. All right. Cool. Next up is called Delicious Emily's in a Bottle. Emily's Message in a Bottle. Uh, Message. Apparently, yeah, Delicious is a big right thing. <laughs> There are delicious Emily's. In delicious a Emily's. In a mm. There's actually three of these games, including Delicious Emily's New Beginning and Delicious Pretty Girls Ma Young Solitaire. <laughs> I think it's right. by the same guys. The Pretty Girls Ma Young uh, oh, consistently okay. getting anyway. Uh, although this, uh, the, what the fuck is happening in this game? I think it's like a Diner Dash style game by the looks of it. You're yeah, serving you're like cooking Italian food is the premise. In, at Christmas, Christmas Italian food. Serve tasty Great. treats. All right. Yes, that's a mobile game. Cool. Okay, next up is called Arc Box Unlimited. I bet it's limited um, in some way. I mean, probably, right? Yeah, it it's it's fucking Arkanoid, by the looks of it. It's yeah. a breakout, but a limited breakout. I never unlimited had a desire to breakout. Unlimited breakout. Get limited anime instead. Trust me, it's much better. Try to roll the comments. I start the next game is called Bunny and Piggy. Bunny and Piggy. How adorable! Yeah. And boxy Bunny platformer, basically. Oh, one of those. Okay. I can't even find it on Steam. That's probably for the best. Next. Next is called Slingster. Slingster. It is uh, a platformer. You're like a blob, blob. man. You know, I designed this very same game when I was 10 years old and called it fucking Ninja Putty and thought it would be amazing. And I was mistaken then and they're mistaken now. Let me put it that Aww. way. It's, 
Where do you right. find these? Are you trawling through Steam Greenlight or we every so every week we get like uh, the release list. I think is from Giant Bomb and Chris puts it together, and it's all Steam stuff, and ninety percent of it is complete shit. And <laughs> as you are clearly seeing, it like, sound like stuff that would be on home at home on Jim's channel. Where it he does really would. It. I'm pretty sure that's where he gets most of his stuff from. And every now and again, I'll email him something that's like, "Hey, super sexy <laughs> bikini bay battle. Here you go. Try this out. I'm sure this will be right up your alley." <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all pretty it shit. Always is. And every now and again, we find so. You know, the only reason we still do this segment is because every now and again we find a diamond in the rough, and it's true. We have yet you know to kind of like, find that, but you know, like games with sexy things and butts are mm. like horror based. Really shit games are gym based. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he, he he does. It's almost like he encourages it. Really, people make <laughs> those games solely for him. All right, on moving December first, we have Western Adventure. Uh, is this the good one? No, uh, it's no. an infinite runner. No, ship. Next. Okay, next is called Second Coming. Uh, is this the good one? Okay, this, this is a 3D sci-fi cartoon game book with uh, XCOM-style 3D battles? Yeah. Uh, cool. It's... I wonder how that plays. Uh, that looks neat. That almost reminds me of uh, There Came an Echo in terms of like a lot of its art style. This, yeah, this, okay, sure. Hmm. All right. I just love how you call books books. Books, books, books. Cook. Overcooked is that is cook. Books. Yeah. Book. The next game is called Luke Sidewalker, and I'm confused. I already hate this. I don't know what this game is. I haven't about. even looked in it. Yeah. I've sent a review code for this. I think they're like, they're pushing their luck a bit there. It's Luke, yeah. Luke Sidewalker. Yeah, I, it's on the hipsters on fixies. I don't, that's not really indeed. Ungoogleable music, four by three resolution. Hardy fucking hell. Oh, there's a boss fight where it literally throws newly born babies at you from a woman's uh, a baby place. So that's cool. That's um, weird. Let's, let's never Woman's ever look at that again. Place. Moving uh, on. Next game is called Stargazer Christmas. They said Santa didn't exist, but I knew they were wrong. <laughs> when Santa falls from the sky, John Wizard must summon characters from his games into the real world to help that him save the day. The best Adam Sandler movie plot I've ever <laughs> heard. <laughs> Holy shit. Solve Christmas Wizard. puzzles. Oh, can we not? Next. The next game is called Ready. R-E-D-I-E. maybe. I wonder if it's a deliberate pun. It's a 3D top-down shooter. Well, that trailer was a lot of walking right. Congratulations. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically just a twin stick by the looks of it. Okay, Mm -hmm. next. Next game is called Colony. Okay, please be a colony building game. It's a space exploration game where you fly around trying to colonize planets. Sounds great. Will it be great? Uh, based on the screenshots, it probably won't. That's a lot of fucking lens flare. Holy shit. Wow. This is an Unreal 4 engine game. You certainly can't tell. Tell you that for a fact. Mm. All right. Looks like uh, it was made on DOS game, in the 90s. The next game's called Mechatronics Attack. Mechatronics and Attack? It's, wow. I, it's a side-scrolling oh, so game. Fucking... Next. Then, uh, next. Okay, great. King Lucas is the next game. Like a multiplayer it, platformer where the levels change, I guess, as you go through. Those levels, that's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So there's the, the whole, like, way that it's built is massive. Like, and the rooms uh, rejig themselves in different orders. So there's, like, 300 plus, and you can play with other people. This actually does look pretty neat. It's sort of, like, got a bit of a Shovel Knight deal, a bit of, like, Rogue Legacy feel to it. 
but yeah, they sort of reshuffle the levels all the time, which I think is interesting. This next game looks awesome. Okay. <laughs> oh, we finally got one good. That's a game where you've created sentient corn. <laughs> what the shit? Sentient corn? Look at like the picture of that corn. Oh. With a C or with a K? Uh, you're a bear. Why are you a bear? What is what is what happening? is happening? Uh, uh, I'm going to skip the next trailer. Um, I'll, this trailer is super cinematic for what it is. There's like a this bird. That's some really well fucking rendered corn. That's some seriously high texture work corn. Holy shit, the corn's alive. Like, Yo, we're gonna have corn be we're gonna do fucking corn. cornerstone of our game, so to speak. The corn. <laughs> hey. Ah, <laughs> we did there. <laughs> Oh, I'm melting into a husk. Uh, <laughs> I'm a little husky. Uh, what can I say? Oh, it, yeah, yeah. The, the fuck is this thing? I, I don't know. It, it, it's a must play. It's a game it, I have to play. December the 1st, Fan Friday, right there. Do it. Do it. It's coming out a day before. I don't know what the shit what this the thing is. What the fuck is this game? This is what a well-rendered fucking corn, though. <laughs> oh, my God. So, cool. We're all going to play that. Um, next Hardcore up corn. is called Space Junk Patrol. Well, this is probably where it goes back to not being good, but uh, I just typed spank junk patrol, which is not good. the same thing. Uh, not whatsoever. I would not recommend that you do that. <laughs> I'm on the Steam page. I have no excuse for that. Anthracite Games presents a VR game about shit falling down. Um, it's You clean up space junk, unsurprisingly. You know, I had a really different image in my head there of what that <laughs> Space junk? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next game is called Demon Hunter 3 Revelation. Uh, yeah, it's gonna which, be a game for you, TV. Um, it's very hidden object. Yep. Yep. But the with next game is called Drones: The Human Condition. Oh uh, my! Which I don't understand what it is. I'll be honest. Looking at kill drones in an Orwellian dystopian. It's robot. It's fucking Robotron, basically. That's what it is. Or Smash TV. A uh, game after that is called Dawn of Andromeda. Okay, Dawn of Andromeda. These these are sort of like bait titles for me. It's like, ooh, that sounds cool sci-fi. What is it? Oh, it is. interesting. It's, it's a cool plausible real-time 4X space strategy. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, big fleets, get tech. Uh, cool. Ooh, this looks good. Uh, looks impressive graphically. Those are very pretty ships. Hmm. Early access, unfortunately, but we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, new Forex, always good to see that. We'll see how that turns out. Cool. Yeah, huh. dig it. Okay. Um, the next game on December 2nd is called Phrase Shift, and it's kind of like a weird crossword puzzle game. Word puzzle thing, yeah. Um, okay. The game after that is called Conflict Craft. Oh, God, it's got craft at the end of it. Uh, defend and attack at the same time. Oh. Unheard oh. of. It's a, probably a tower defense of sorts, yeah. Seems like it is. Um, there's another tower defense after that of called Crumbled World. Crumbled World. I, gotta, I do give a credit on a fairly pretty art style, i got to admit, a bit busy yeah. visually, but uh, yeah, TD, okay. Game after that is called Asteroid 2000. Oh, Astro, Astervoid. Astervoid. That's a real bad pun. It doesn't even make, doesn't roll off the tongue. A high energy MAGA. A one to four local multiplayer space brawler. Couch co-op twin stick shoot shit game. That's what it is. 
Classic couch multiplayer on the system that is generally not found in front of a couch. That'll sell fucking gangbusters. Next. Next is called Bullet Storm, Bullet Sorrow. I'm sorry. Hey, if you got me worked up for a second there, what are you doing? You are not allowed to make me feel that way. I'm sorry. Bullet Storm VR? Yes. Yes. I don't know what's going on in this game, but I know that the bad guys are sexy ladies, and I'm one thousand percent for it oh wait or are you the sexy lady i think you're the sexy lady the sexy, that's oh those are God. those are pointy those could be used as weapons why are oh they in God. what look like lycra non vr the shit is this thing because that's the way the company wanted them to be to sell them yes i mean uh, yeah they even got an asian girl to play in the vr so there you go you know it's the oh. ideal I like I like the way that every male character in this is in full military gear, and all the female characters are in fucking lycra non body suits. That is that's wonderful. Well done. At least be a little less blatant about it. Fuck. Next. Next is called Sparkle Unleashed. Sparkle Unleashed. It's a puzzle game. That's fucking lux. That is fucking lux in every way. Next. Mm -hmm. The next one is called Hand-Eye Cubination. Uh, that sounds like a sort of strange allegory for masturbation, like but it's Minecraft, not. Minecraft, but difficult. Ah, yeah, indeed. It's about bouncing a cube around inside another cube. As Yeah, I, that's confusing and wrong. <laughs> what the fuck? This next one... Uh, <laughs> I am looking forward to you pronouncing this. It translates into Crazy Chicken Strikes Back. What it looks like <laughs> is um, Murhun Schlagt Zurich. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, the, you know, Wheel of this doesn't look terrible. It's kind of a fortress artillery kind of game where you build a fort and fight another fort with, like, different siege weapons and shit. That mm -hmm. This doesn't look awful. But, yeah, you're right. It does translate to Crazy Chicken Strikes Back for some reason. Action Pack, mm -hmm. that's totally a game featuring Crazy Chicken at its best. I wouldn't want to see crazy chicken at its worst. Remember, if you can't handle crazy chicken at its worst, you don't deserve it at its best. Oh my god, this next game. What is this next game? The realist nightmare. It's called Or. O-H-R. Uh-huh. The yeah. shitting fuck. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, I mean, this this is trying to be Undertale. I'm, I'm almost certain of it. Like, it, it's kind of a genre masher sort of, we're, we're kind of Undertale-ish um, thing. What I mean, but what is even the description is nonsense. It's like uh -huh. nonsense. What? Yes, I I would say so. Oh, uh right. yes. The next right. game is called Sky Time. Sky Time. It's a. It looks like Cluster Truck, except you're like destroying ships. Uh yeah. I mean they they are very uh, open with a super hot tribute as it were it's like if you ever played super hot or cluster truck this game's both of those things it's like okay that was not what i was looking for but i'm sure there's a market for that the next game's called crate punks everything is crates grab crates throw crates transform the map uh yeah, visually it's awful but uh, yeah so you kind of remake the level with crates and throw crates into the people a clever game of crate action chess i don't believe you um, the next game's called Shot Shot Tactic. Oh, the description I... is amazing. Oh my Shot, god! Shot Shot Tactic is a realistic FPS game. There are too many weapons. Guys. Dot dot dot. 
<laughs> and their plan features are more weapons, of course. This is a damning indictment of America. There are too, <laughs> too many, many weapons. weapons. There's just too many. For Jesse, maga, 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 maga. Don't you understand? Second Amendment, maga, maga. There's too many weapons. Can we just have a fucking puppet show that's nothing but this guy in a red hat that just like it? So some of the guys talk. It's like, well, I'm very concerned about sort of the uh, the economic situation in our country, especially for the lower class. And this puppet just pops and goes, maga, 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 and then just runs away. Can we just have that as a show? Sure. Can we yeah. make that show? I think that sounds yeah. great. Maga, maga, maga. Is, is this the thing that happens whenever anyone uh, hints at political chat? Is that is that what yes. that maga maga is? Oh, maga maga maga. It's just it's very easy to stop it. It's like maga maga. Just, just stop. Stop talking, please. Um, the next game is called Space Jammers. It's a top is it down really? Cheater, it looks like uh, that's a that's an interesting name for a game. You might want to you know change that. But uh, I mean, I will admit, I actually like the art style for this. Um, it's. Yeah, kind of very colorful, low def, but um, God, it reminds me of. It almost reminds me a little bit of uh, Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time uh, mm, in terms yeah. of its aesthetic. It does look good, actually. Um, yeah, but you're right. It, it's space kitten pirates. Yes, I shit you not. With a sci-fi roguish top-down shooter. That that doesn't look too bad, actually. Don't like the name, but hey. <laughs> All right, just a couple more. The next game for December 3rd is called Hade. Hade. It is a yes. minimalist logic game. It is. That's what, you know, the chat's very good at that. They have a lot of minimalist logic. Next. Um, December 5th, The Fishing Club 3D. Sure. Is it this, and this is not in VR. Huh. That's kind of surprising. You'd think VR fishing would be more of a thing these days. I'd you would think. I'd probably play that. And I don't have any shame in admitting that. Um, after that... We have intruder war areas. War areas. <laughs> well, where do you fight? We fight in the war areas, sir. Not in the war room, but the war areas. Yeah. Although, uh, do you like games that last for hours? Do you like games in which you can launch missiles, throw bombs, and destroy things? Do you like stealth games that intruder war areas made for you? Uh, you fly in a thing. Apparently, I don't know. Yeah, it's sort of a helicopter game but you have no actual helicopter blade it's like a space fighter thing i actually don't know what is this multiplayer single player it doesn't say it's a mystery okay i'm so distracted by the next game the next game i've been focusing on for the last 10 minutes i'm okay. sorry jesse would you would you like to take lead on this final the world is not important anymore oh my god Attention planet earth mr Masa masage mr Masage, whatever it shit. is is a is a dating sim slash you use your controller to massage yourself. <laughs> we've done it. We've we've done it. We've we're at the pinnacle of mankind. Do you need the juicy controller for this, or can you play it a regular one? Uh, You're massaging like, now, mayonnaise. Will, will some, it of, some of the characters. What the fuck is happening? Some of the characters that you can flirt with are a jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> will, will it fix Roger's back? It oh might my god, it might. <laughs> with mayonnaise, maybe. Yeah. Oh answer. my god, this thing. This is it. This is this is You found it. This is the greatest game. <laughs> this is the single greatest game ever made. Yeah, that's it. I Yeah, we can't go any further than that. We shouldn't. We shouldn't go any further than that. We've gone far enough. I wow. 2016, hell of a year. There's a cat girl. There's you. You. 
There's a cat girl and then a real cow. You just sit on a cow with a hat. Answering the question, is mayonnaise a gender? Apparently it is, according to this. Like, all right, I can't argue with that. Uh, video games. Video games. Vi- video I, I, games. I think. I assume. I love Lana. You need to play this fucking game. Oh my god, you all need to play this game. What is happening to our lives? Uh, ha! I got the summertime, summertime sadness. Sadness. <laughs> what happened to us? Uh, all right. Well, I think that probably brings the show to an end, and you know what? That's probably for the best. Uh, Ra- Rachel I- says to say hi, by the way, TB. Cool. Hi, Rachel. Yeah. She's hi. always a- she's always asking after you and, and asking how I you are. And stuff. Apologize for dragging your man into this. Uh, <laughs> we we just didn't know. We we couldn't possibly have foreseen. How could we have happen. known? How could we? Listen, she's heard podquisition. This is, you know. I, yes, there is a good point. We can never really. There's a level that our submarine cannot dive to, and podquisition, podquisition is, is on the bottom of the like, ocean. Like degeneracy, that you know. Oh dear. Her mom knows I'm on a podcast every week, and she's like, "Oh, I have to listen to it." I'm like, no. Please don't. Don't. Ever. Please don't do that thing. Can you not? Wow, I, I give uh, Mr. Masagi three days before it gets banned from Twitch, by the way. Like, <laughs> that's going on the list. Then with along with that, Yandere, that's going to happen. Oh, my God. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast. But before we go, what's coming up on the channel this week? Gav, what can we expect from you and what is already there? Okay, well, my YouTube channel. Uh, for Sorry, I'm caught off guard here. <laughs> for those who don't have a fucking clue who I am, uh, I make video gamey songs and not video gamey songs as well. Uh, I made the intro music for this podcast. He did. He absolutely and, did. Oh, yeah. wait, hold on. While you're here, can we yeah. have you create a song oh, no. called the No Optional Podcast Theme? Where when we don't do it that day, but we don't say anything, people show up and TV. Someone plays. already did that. He doesn't have to do that. We already yeah, had that. I'll do it if you, both, if you both follow me on Twitter. I'm very upset. All right. Well, I don't need that. I already do. I'm pretty sure <laughs> the, I already do. That Dodger and Jesse don't follow what? me. On the the bag of fuck. I'm pretty sure I do. No, what a, neither. Of you do. What a sack of wanks! How dare you? How did um, I see your message to us then? It says I follow you. I'm looking at it right because, now. Because do you know why it is? Because like every time I tweet at one of you two, like ten people respond. So you probably see it then. Nope. It says I. It says no. I'm subscribed. It says following. I think you're. I think you're lying. I wasn't. Cold. I wasn't following you. You were. Call right. the fuck out. That's uh, why I never trust yeah, a so, cat to do social media. Um. What was I? Oh yeah, my YouTube channel. Miracles yes. And I do songs. They're cool. Go listen to them. I they think are. you'll like them. You've probably probably heard them a couple of times. We 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 may or may not have used them from time to time. It has yeah. been known to happen. Jesse, what's coming on the channel this week? What's going on? Yo, all that you need to know is immediately after this podcast, Final Fantasy 15 stream, we start this business, and I may never finish this game. I, it may be 25 years before I'm done. Never going to uh, happen. Immediately after we're done, that's what's happening, kids. Never going to happen. Play this shit. 10 years in the making. Yep. Dodger, what's coming to channel this week? What's going on? 
Um, my channel's been pretty light on the content lately. Krender and I are going to be recording more backstage pass tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we got, we're going to be streaming every day because I'm going to be heading out again for a couple of days next week. But if you would like to watch some streams, I'll be streaming a bunch. I saw you talking go. about the YouTube views being down. I was like, YouTube seems to be fucking loads of people. Yeah, they a lot of people are people. experiencing it. It's so... <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming up on the channel, I, I'm currently... I just finished recording the collab with ForgottenWeapons.com, which is the World War One weapons, which we fired at the gun range. I had to go record a bunch of Battlefield 1 footage to fill in the blanks with that. Means I need to unlock the Model 88 Gewehr and all the bullshit. Gewehr. It's Gewehr, it's not got Gewehr, but yeah. So that's on the way. Um, as to other stuff, there is a bit of collab. I may or may not have been backstage at Raw last night, and I may or may not have possibly recorded an Up Up Down Down episode with Xavier Woods. There may oh, or may not be nice. random wrestler in interruptions during that show, which are fucking oh. hilarious. May or may not have happened. I can't confirm or deny. I have no idea when or if that's ever going to come out. If it does, you'll be able to find it over on youtube.com slash up up down down. Um, and if you want to look at my dumb face, I think I'm on hard camera during most of last night's Raw, so feel free. I'm sure you can spot me eating unhealthy food while people far more flat could be do wrestling in front of me but yeah that's, do you have one of those things, like foam hands with the finger up i have a, i do have a large unicorn horn uh i have a unicorn horn and a pair of dodgy sunglasses i don't know if that counts but is that like an american thing or a wrestling thing the unicorn the horn unicorn? is a very no, the hand with the oh the hand the thing i think hand. the hand thing is that is oh that's america oh that's that's america, america yes one. america yeah it's very much that i think yeah Yep, so that's what's coming on, and we're pretty much done. Thank you very much for watching the Corruptional Podcast. Thank you very much to crunchyroll.com slash Total for sponsoring the Corruptional Podcast. Head on over there for 30 days of unlimited anime, which gives you enough time to watch Cowboy Bebop and Tiger Bass W, which you should do, and maybe other And maybe things. some Keijo if you're feeling saucy. Uh, yeah, Ooh. you know what? Nobody has to know. Thank you very much for watching, folks. We'll see you next time. Goodbye! Bye. Goodbye. I don't Yeah, you probably can't. We're going to assume that you're going to do that. so badly! Yeah. Bye guys, bye Gav. You're lovely. Bye guys. Bye.